Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. Today we'll be doing a World Baseball Classic episode where we, we don't talk about the rosters this time. We're going to talk about famous people from each country that's being represented in the World Baseball Classic uh, and who would be the captain of that uh, of that team. Why not? Aaron Judge just got made the first uh, Yankees captain since Derek Jeter. So uh, I guess this season is as appropriate as any to have an episode like this. Yeah, for sure. I, I you know, we're giving our, our rain delay theater twist on the World Baseball Classic. So uh, I think you said captain. Uh, yeah, Jack, uh, I, I'm going to put that in heavy quotations. OK, <laughs> captain, um, maybe yeah. would throw out the first pitch at the game uh, or re- you know, just it- just general representative or mascot. Sure. Yeah. Sure, ab- absolutely. Let's just hope they don't, uh, you know, they don't try to go on the mound while Max Scherzer is warming up or something like that. But um, <laughs> for sure, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're we're excited about that. Um, uh, I have a, a little bit of news before we begin. Um, so we are uh, recording on. Should two- we should we do our one ninety one guy, Jack? Oh shit, that's right. Yeah, we we I feel like we did it last time, but uh, I I think the one eighty nine one threw me out of whack. Yeah, um, uh, Jeremy, who's your one? Who uh, who's your guy? Yeah, for number for episode number one ninety one, Jack, I have uh, I have Hal McRae. Oh, with, nice. Yeah, uh, he uh, former player, also former manager of the Royals, was it? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think he only. Uh, no, he actually managed the Royals and the and the Devil Rays too for two okay. years. Okay. Oh, he managed. I didn't know he managed the Devil Rays. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, in two thousand one, two thousand two. Um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, Hal McRae had one hundred ninety one career homers. Um, of recent years, you might know Hal McRae as the father of Brian McRae, uh, mm-hmm. former center fielder for the Cubs. And uh, did he also play with the Royals, maybe? The, did he play with the Brewers? I, I think he did, yeah. Yeah, the Royals, yeah. Um, and the Cubs for a couple of years, Mets. Uh, anyway, uh, but Hal McRae, the, the dad, um, uh, was a baseball player for the, um, the Reds and the Royals. Um, he played uh, 19 years. So... Um, 15 years with the Royals, four with the Reds, uh, and uh, those those four years with the Reds were at the beginning of his career. Then he went to the the, the Royals. Um, so he hit 191 homers, um, led the league, uh, led the league, uh, led the majors in RBIs in 1982 with 133. That's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. 407 OBP in, nine, in in 76. Um, let's see, led the majors in hit by pitches with 13 in 77 and doubles. And games played, and then he led the majors in doubles again in 1982. Um, a couple, a couple backstory things about Hal McRae because I did get a chance to, to do some, uh, you know, research on McRae. Um, so in the uh, in the winter between his fir- his debut season and his uh, would would be what would have been his first full season, uh, he he broke his leg sliding into second base in winter ball. Um, in Puerto Rico, and so he like showed up at spring training the next year with his leg still in a in a cast. And um, this is actually I didn't know this, Jack. Um, I should know this, but apparently Harry Carey was also in like a car accident, got hit by a car. Um, I guess around that same time, and so he was he suffered multiple fractures 
um, of his, let's see, uh, shoulder. So whatever. So he was in bad shape and he was like um, walking around on crutches during spring training. Uh, and like the manager for the Reds, uh, Dave Bristol, said uh, he it says he pointed to in Carey's direction and said to McCray, "quote Look at that! There's an old man, broke two legs, broke his shoulder, broke his everything, and here he is walking around doing his job, doing anything he wants. Here you are, all you all you did was break your leg sliding into second base, and you can't get your leg out of your goddamn cast. You ought to be ashamed of yourself." Jesus. <laughs> and McCray, yeah, we should also say that McCray had a famous like outburst at reporters later on, which we could talk about. And like, you wonder why <laughs> he, he got crazy like this. But McCray said that, uh, that he said to Harry Carey later on that, that, that speech that, that his manager gave him was like the most motivational speech he'd ever heard. Uh, and he learned that he had to want to recover before he'd really be able to, um, Here's another quote. Uh, later in his career, Royals teammate Dan Quisenberry uh, said, uh, whenever the Royals took time off because of an injury, he said, quote, McCray gets dressed like a commando, hides in a trash can in the clubhouse, and then jumps out and shoots the guy. McCray believes that if a guy is hurt and can't play, he's dead to the club. So McCray shoots him and kills him, end quote. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's like, uh, I don't even know if Freddie Freeman would do that, man. No, uh, or um, I don't know anyone managed by Mike Matheny. Like this is like, sure, yeah, this, this is, is like some real Neanderthal like like stuff going on here. Yeah, um, wow. Uh, did did you hear about all that stuff that Freddie Freeman was doing in the Braves clubhouse? No. Yeah, no. I mean he was basically bullying guys into playing when they were hurt. Uh, I think Dan Dansby Swanson talked about it too um, in an article. But, uh, yeah, this, this is definitely the originator of that. And it, I, I would say it, it's definitely a product of, like, the trauma from that, what, what his manager said to him all those, all those years ago. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Dave Bristol was the manager. Um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's a little, uh, it seems a little extreme. I mean, I think, th- according to this, McCray must have been a player at the time because if he was playing with Dan Quisenberry, that's back when McCray was still playing like as an as a player so sure um so yeah i can only imagine what he did as a manager um he also had an interesting story here in 1976 that was the year he led the uh al and obp he was leading he was going into the final day of the season um like pretty much neck and neck with george brett his teammate um for the batting title and uh the twins manager um a ball dropped in front of uh the left fielder uh, for the twins and it helped Brett get like the, uh, um, the batting title. And apparently McCray accused Gene mock, uh, the manager at the time of the twins of ordering the left fielder to drop the ball. So, so Brett would win the world the would win the, uh, batting title and basically wow. saying like, it was like a racist, like there was racist, uh, ra- racially motivated, because sure. I guess he didn't want uh, McCray to win the batting title, and so they got into an altercation on the field, and uh, they had to be like you know pulled apart and stuff. Uh, so, wow, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of in- intense there again, <laughs> more more intense. Um, and then speaking of intense, like one of the things that again like our generation might know Hal McCray from is he had a famous uh, coaching meltdown uh, in a post game press conference. Um, I was rewatching it again. It's one of the classic post-game tirades. Um, a reporter asks him a question that he doesn't like, 
and he goes crazy. He trashes his desk. He throws like everything off of his desk. Like he just kind of starts whipping stuff all around the the room. He at one point pulls uh, his phone out of the socket, and, like whips it around, and he like yep. hits a reporter in the face. The repro- reporter walks out of the the room like ble- bleeding from his face. Oh, oh yeah, yep. And then at the the piece de resistance like of it all is he comes out and he's like, put that in your fucking pipe and smoke it. <laughs> slams the door. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty good, pretty good rant. Yeah, it is. Uh, that you know that that that's one of the top five uh, probably of all time. Um, with Lee yeah. Ely as being number one, but uh, you know it uh, in Lee Ely, that's that's never going to be topped. But um, yeah, the the McRae one is good. We there hasn't been a real good manager outburst in a in a, in a while. Um, yeah. At least not that I can remember. Uh, not nothing like that. Uh, yeah, Hal McRae had a, a, a good career though. Um, I yeah. mean, he hit two, he hit two ninety for his career. Yep. Um, you know, so so whatever uh, manager was hard on him, uh, yeah, the the dude was a he, he could play though. He was a good player, and like you said, he played for almost twenty years. So he uh, that that two ninety average is over a very long career. Yeah, I you know fourteen well fifteen years with the Royals. He didn't get fired after that. He still managed a whole full season after that 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 tirade. So. He definitely, you know, was like ingrained in Kansas City, uh, you know, uh, you know, in the regular rotation of guys. Uh, so yeah, couldn't get himself fired even after that tirade. <laughs> well, but, that's uh, yeah, that that's a good one, Jeremy. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, always always good to bring up those manager tirades. Uh, that yeah. that's one we had we have yet to talk about for sure. Yeah, yeah, most um, definitely. Nice. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, uh, so uh, I, before we begin, uh, before we get into our countries, I also have a little little bit of news. Um, I uh, I am going for the first time ever tomorrow to the Big Ten tournament, um, which I think happens uh, once every two years here in Chicago. I picked up a cheap ticket. It's the Wednesday night games, um, which are the worst games and the whole uh, worst games in the whole tournament. It's the 11 through 14 seeds, so it's just the dregs of the Big Ten. But uh, Wisconsin is playing uh, Ohio State in the first game at 5.30 tomorrow. So it's a, a great chance for me to try to see them lose uh, and just have, have it hopefully be the nail in the coffin for what's been a terrible season for them. Um, and, and Jeremy, I, I just thought, like, you know, Marquette is the team I root for. Uh, they're number six in the country right now. They've had an outstanding season. They won the Big East outright. Um, they're going to get a three seed. They could be looking at a two seed if they win the conference tournament. Um and Wisconsin's had a garbage year, uh, and it's the as good of a year as Marquette had. had it, it's still not good enough for me. Like I, I still have to go and watch Wisconsin lose this last game if I possibly can. <laughs> um, and I just, I just thought, like you know, I, w- I would make a really good White Sox fan. Uh-huh. You know, um, I, I mean, yeah. if you if you think if you think back to when we went to that Cubs game, I think it was in September of 2021 versus the. It, it was when they played the Twins. And those Sox fans like came up waving their flag and were just taunting Cubs fans. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 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 in a way that's kind of what this is. I, I'm not going to like taunt anybody. I'm just going to sit there and silently watch the game. Maybe I'll still root for Ohio State if they start getting ahead. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a similar thing. I, I acknowledge that it's very petty, but I, I still don't think it's quite as as pathetic as those those White Sox fans coming to uh, Wrigleyville and <laughs> you know just 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 doing their White Sox thing. Sure. Yeah. No. I. I mean. I'm. It's. I'm. It's the first step. Jack is acknowledging the the problem. <laughs> um, but. Uh, but yeah. That's that. You're definitely treading into White Sox territory. You know. Um, 
uh, White Sox fans used to measure how much like newspaper space the White Sox would get versus the Cubs. <laughs> so if you know, you know, we're we're kind of in a printless society these days, but uh, maybe you sure. can measure like how many you know uh, web like uh, you know inches of screen space uh, you know the Cubs are getting. But uh, but yeah, I also I, we we say this at the at the the warning that one of our one of our uh, loyal listeners, uh, Pete. Uh, listener Pete is a is a Madison native and a, a University of Wisconsin fan. I guess he kind of he he's kind of in the middle, but he'll stick up for uh, UW uh, or UW uh, when he when he has to. But uh, sure. But but yeah. So um, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, I I think uh, it's it's one of those situations where it's safe to kind of like kind of wish for like the ultimate demise of of a team when they're like they're you know that they're kind of like down you know so like sure i'd say yeah i mean might as well enjoy it i guess while (laughs) while while it presents itself right um what what scares me a little bit is uh you know right after that guy gloated at that cubs game the white Sox ended up getting destroyed by the astros in the first round and then and then didn't make the playoffs last year so i hope i hope this doesn't bring some bad karma onto onto marquette but We'll see. Some bad mojo could be, but you never know. But yeah, that's um, you know, it's too bad. I, we were we were talking about um going to those or like you were talking about going to those games and uh, yeah, it would be fun to see some like you know um some tournament games. Uh, I think um my work schedule is probably a little complicating uh you know for the situation, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's always a good time of year with with these tournaments, uh, these tournaments starting the conference tournaments and then the, then obviously the big one. Yeah, most definitely. And it's, uh, it's coming up soon. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll f- follow up next week. I'll, uh, I'll talk about what my uh, experience was like briefly. Um, yeah, uh, during sure. our next episode. Um, and, all right, yeah. Jeremy, so should we step into the, yeah. yeah, yeah. Should we step into our, uh, uh, our WBC, uh, folks here? Yeah, let's do it. So, um, as we record this, it's uh, Tuesday night. Um, <clears throat> in just about uh, like forty minutes or so, the first WBC game will be starting up. I think it's is it Netherlands Cuba tonight. Um, um yeah, I, I think it might be. You know, there's some games being played at Chase Field too. I think it's the USA, Great Britain, and some other people. Okay, yeah. The, I don't think it's. I don't think that's tonight, but they are. They are playing some in, in Phoenix as well. You know, I, I have to say I didn't do a great job of like like checking the rosters. Joanna so, Cespedes is playing for Cuba. That's pretty cool. Oh, oh, is he? Yeah, I, I was gonna say I, I was only looking at famous people. Um, yeah, right. Wow, that, exactly. Uh, no, that that's interesting. Um, I bet. Uh, I wonder if he's like looking for a major league contract if he can play well. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, and I think like you know his his brother uh, and. I don't know if the other guys. He's got a couple. I don't know if they're all his brothers or one's his cousin or whatever. But I'm sure they are like are hoping that Yoannis doesn't like you know do something bad to make them look bad. But but anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that game is happening in just about 40 minutes. So we are um, you know we are kicking off our World Baseball Classic um, coverage as well. And you know we're we're giving it the the rain delay theater treatment here. Um, and yeah, we're we're picking like a person, a representative for each country. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll try to see if we can settle on a consensus, uh, single person, but, uh, we're going to go here like pool by pool. So each, um, this first round is like pool play, kind of like the world, uh, cup. Um, so each, each, uh, all the teams are divided into different pools. So there's a, B, C, and D 
Each pool has five teams. Um, so we'll go pool by pool and go over like uh, our, our representatives. So let's start with pool A, Jack. Um, and the first team uh, that uh, comes up here um, is Chinese Taipei. Okay. So um, just in doing a little research, um, essentially Chinese Taipei, which is like the name that, that they use for like these like sports competitions. Like if you know like the Little League World Series, there's always like a, chi- a team from Chinese Taipei. It's basically sure. Taiwan. Um, okay. So so yeah, um, so Jack, uh, do you who who do you got for Chinese Taipei? Yeah, so I uh, I had um, a famous Taiwanese filmmaker Ang Lee. All right, Jack. I also had Ang Lee. I had Ang nice. Lee. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Well, let's let's talk about why he uh, why he took him. What's your favorite Ang Lee movie? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm actually I don't like I wouldn't say that I'm well adept at, at Ang Lee movies, quite honestly. Sure. Um, you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, of course. Um, yeah. Michelle Yeoh. You know, I never actually saw that one. My, my friend one time called it Crouching Tiger, Hidden Asshole, but, like, I've never I've never actually seen the movie before. <laughs> is there is there a... Is there an explanation behind that, or is it just no, like uh, a chance to insert? No, none, a... none that I none that I can. <laughs> he made like a karate pose, and then he said that. Uh, okay. that that was it. So that's you know that's that's the whole joke. Um, that could be something. But yeah, you have, do have in, you seen it in in prison what? or something? That could be something you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, no. So I've seen uh, very few. Um, I, you know what? I haven't even seen the Ice Storm. There's a lot of movies that he's done that I should have seen that I just haven't. So I've seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I've actually seen the Hulk or Hulk uh, that he didn't. I think I saw part of Taking Woodstock, which was um, just kind of like a overlooked movie. But that's kind you, of you it. didn't see. You didn't see Brokeback Mountain. I've I've never seen Brokeback Mountain. No. Okay. Okay, yeah, I mean that was uh, sort of like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That w- that was a real Oscar darling. Uh, it was yeah. when it came out. Um, yeah, no, I, the, I'm surprised. Uh, it, it, he he doesn't really make many movies. Um, you know, no. some directors make make one a year. He only makes one every like four or five years. Um, do you remember? Uh, like, I remember when Gemini Man came out um, with Will Smith, and it just looked stupid. Me and one of my friends, there's this line from the trailer, because, like, Will Smith is, like, a clone or something, and okay. Will Smith is like, you made a person out of another person. And we, uh, you know, we were <laughs> laughing at that line because it's stupid. But, um, you know, he is a well-regarded filmmaker, though. Yeah, his his films have pretty good cinematography, um, from what I can recall. I don't think he's the cinematographer for them, but maybe he is. I can't remember. But, um, so... Listen, he's not on my on my list of favorite filmmakers. I remember when Crouching Tiger came out. There was a lot of, you know, what to do, like uh, to do about it. Um, and you know, it's not like um, martial arts movies are not necessarily my my favorite thing. But I, you know, it did have its moments, like the parts where they run and like they jump on like a tree branch and like climb up a tree, like on this like really limp branch or something. It's kind of cool. Um, so I was like kind of like interested in it but like ultimately it's not necessarily my cup but uh but you know sure. but when you're talking about chinese taipei and you're looking for someone to represent them you <laughs> know ang lee is a fine choice i agree so we don't have to debate that one ang lee's uh ang lee's the representative for chinese taipei i guess wonderful um all right who's the who's the next country we're doing all right jack i next one on my list i have is the netherlands Oh yeah, the Netherlands. Okay, that that's a good one. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, the, the guy I picked for the Netherlands is, uh, and I think maybe you can see some of this guy's works in the Art Institute, but I picked Vincent van Gogh. Nice, nice, Jack. That's a good one. He made yeah. my short list. Excellent. Um, van Gogh, um, well, first of all, I'll say I had an art history teacher in college who insisted on calling him Van Gogh, which oh, uh, yeah? that's not going to win over anyone who's on the borderline of, you know, trying to buy into the art world. Um, you know, when you, when they're already like, you're already like have rep a potential, uh, rep uh, reputation of being pretentious, you know, then you got some guy I had, he would, the, this art history teacher, like he was like a guy, he could tell like he was like he, a wannabe rocker guy, uh -huh. like, but, but one of those guys who wear, he wore like a blazer, but he kind of had like, like kind of like longish hair, not, not like long, long, but like he looked like, um, he kind of looked like Richard Belzer a little bit, honestly. R.I.P. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, he would say like Vincent Van Gogh, and like it was just like, oh man, like, dude, this is not. And like I'm on I'm a, I'm on board, but you're, this is not like winning people over. So, um, but anyway, Vincent Van Gogh as a as an artist, you know, different story. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm just looking here, Jeremy. Um, so yeah, everybody obviously knows that he cut off his ear, mm -hmm. um, his own ear, but. Uh, it also says that, um, wow, he committed suicide at the age of 37, which really? is crazy, dude. Yeah, man, and it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be 37 this year, man. This guy fucking just, uh, this, that, that, that's, that's crazy to me. And the, the fact that, like, he could have accomplished so much uh, by, by the time he was, like, my age um, is pretty, uh, pretty crazy as well. Kind of makes you, you know, start to second guess some of your life choices a little bit, I guess. But. Yeah, right, man. I'm fucking reach for a, a fucking knife and cut off my own ear right now. Yeah, I, well, I was going to say he definitely seemed like a troubled man. Like, you know, you look at uh, the um, the perspective in some of his his paintings, like, you know, there are like there are these skewed per, uh, perspectives. There's that one painting. I don't know what it's called, but it's like of his like bedroom or whatever, where like the floor mm -hmm. seems to be like curved like up and like seems to like it definitely seems to denote that he was a little troubled i guess like feeling a little like, paranoid or something so like not to get all art history on you but <laughs> um but yeah so so yeah definitely like a a, a a troubled soul i guess but a talented one i guess right yes uh for certain um all right who did you pick well jack i went uh, i went a little more lighter with this one but also sadly no longer with us um i ha i chose eddie van halen Oh, yeah. Um, just, uh, you know, recently just passed about a year or two ago, right? Yeah, 2020 we lost at uh, EVH. Okay. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, uh, the guy, like, the guy was, like, a, he was a rock star, but he was kind of, like, a nerdy guy. Like, he was, like, kind of just, like, so obsessed with, like, like music and, like, sound and uh, just, like, just learning, like, the guitar and everything. Um, kind of an inspirational kind of guy. Um, I think I'm. I think they were born in the Netherlands. Yeah, they were born in the Netherlands. Um, uh, moved to you know like the L.A. area, Pasadena, and you know somehow miraculously met David Lee Roth and formed Van Halen. But uh, but I mean you know like you listen to Eruption uh, from Van Halen and just like the the tapping guitar and like the guy was just like uh, an amazing guy. So, uh, I, I, have, I have a lot of respect for Eddie Van Halen. So ultimately that's who I ended up picking, uh, for the Netherlands. You know, it's, um, it, it's crazy. I think it said he got, uh, mouth cancer from using, um, 
Was it like metal? He had like metal picks that he would put in his mouth. I, I remember yes. reading that before. That's that's insane. Yeah, right. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was something about that. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that is a crazy thing. And like, yeah, man. I mean, he 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 went in a in a rough way and at a relatively young age. And so, yeah, it was it was kind of rough. Um. Wow. Well, this is a a, a hard, hard one to pick, Jeremy, because like it's it's two different mediums. <laughs> yeah. But um. You know, both uh, both legends in their own right. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I'm I'm not a big art guy myself, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I I'm trying to think of an example of somebody with like you know calling Van Gogh, you know something <laughs> else. Like I I'm I'm thinking like you know Kim Kim Bassinger instead of Kim Basinger or, or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, but um, may, maybe for just that alone, because uh, I, I feel like Eddie Van Halen maybe draws a less pretentious. Uh, crowd maybe we can maybe we could go with eddie van halen for this one i i'm i'm cool with that jack you know like i i respect I respect van gogh but um you know eddie, two, yeah two two vans i guess right yeah for sure like um it checks out with the with the dutch right um but um but yeah you know i uh i i respect van gogh but like uh you know i think um i i think van halen might like have the the more happen in time you know yes i agree so okay, sounds good there. So we'll go Eddie Van Halen to represent the Netherlands there in the uh, WBC. Um, so uh, for Cuba is that's that's who I have up next, Jack. Um, Cuba. Okay. I'll just, um, should I just go, let me just go with my Cuba representative because this is my first like off the reservation pick, Jack. Yeah. Um, representing Cuba, Jack. I was trying to find the creator. But there's no like it, the um, the origin of this of this item is. Uh, is up for debate. It's one of those things where it can't be pinned down. So I just went with the item itself, Jack. So for me, representing Cuba, I have the Cuban sandwich. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you definitely went outside the box there. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I was thinking about like Cuban food too. Um, yeah. oh man. Well that, that's going to blow mine out of the water, man. Cause I, <laughs> I picked, I picked Andy Garcia. So, hey, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Andy Garcia. That's good. Yeah. You ever see the movie black rain? I haven't. I I'm familiar with it, but uh, that's one that I yeah. That's one of those VHS boxes that I knew well, but never saw the actual movie. Sure. I mean, spoiler for that one, folks. I think he gets fucking beheaded in that movie. Oh, okay. And, like you can see his fucking head. Uh, it's uh, it's crazy. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I feel like was Andy Garcia in the Ocean's Eleven movies too? Yeah, wasn't he? Um, uh, Jennifer, uh, uh, Julia Roberts is like she was with him. I think right, like she was. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I hated Oceans. Oceans Twelve was terrible, but um, yeah, yeah, man. Tell tell us about you know what you like about Cuban sandwiches. Well, I so I like I wanted to find the inventor of the Cuban sandwich, but it, it was up for debate whether it was um, like who invented it. Uh, they say that it was like possibly um, created by workers uh, in the cigar industry. Like workers, um, I feel like all good sandwiches are created by just like workers just putting to get like on their lunch breaks, just putting together some food and like of modest of modest, uh, you know, proportions and like putting it together and like making something good. So like the Cuban sandwich is like um, part is like pork and ham uh, with Swiss cheese, pickles and yellow mustard. And then it's like pressed down like on a panini press. And uh, it's a damn good sandwich. I've talked about it on this podcast, getting it at the White Sox game, uh, which, like, you know, it's pretty good for a place where you can go and get a Cuban sandwich at a baseball stadium. So, obviously, one of the things that the um, 
the White Sox, uh, that guaranteed right field has going for it. But, um, yeah, so I was hoping that there would be, like, a guy who invented it and I could pick him. But uh, because of its murky uh, origins, I just had to go with the sandwich itself. So, I mean, it is hard to put a person against a sandwich. But uh, I I respect Andy Garcia. He's, you know, he's uh, um, uh, Godfather 3, of course, you know. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that's another another bad one. Um, you ever see Godfather Three? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's oof. Um, yeah, I uh, I was gonna say, Jeremy. Um, who knows, man? Maybe Ozzy Guillen invented the Cuban sandwich. You know, um, could be. Uh, he, there's certainly there's precedent for managers inventing sandwiches. So uh, <laughs> there is. Yeah. Why doesn't Why doesn't he step up to that one? I don't know. You know. Um, the the uh, the the state the uh, stand in. Uh, guarantee right field is called like mini minosos like cuban sandwich stand or something so oh nice um, nice okay yeah that's uh that that that's good um yeah i you know mini minoso uh uh was well, he was cuban right he was he was born in cuba yeah i believe so yeah okay okay yeah well that's uh that's a good one well um you know uh jeremy i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go with yours again man we got we got i, I think we should go with the cuban sandwich i, I don't know how many of these other ones are going to be food so we have the uh, <laughs> It is funny uh, that that Cubans, um, you know, that Cuba's team is just represented by a sandwich. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, why not? They're they're a proud people, Jack. But I, I had to at the end of the day, I had to just go with the sandwich. I, I bet some Cubans would would be on board with that. They, I don't think they'd feel slighted necessarily. No, um, for sure. But uh, but yeah, like so. Uh, yeah, you know, that's that's cool with me. You know, I will say, spoiler alert, that is the only food item. <laughs> On, the li- on, the, on my list, although there are still still some there are some other weird ones out there uh, that we'll get to. But okay, so yeah, let's go with the Cuban sandwich for now. Um, all right, so we got uh, several more here. Two more in this group, though. So let's let's keep going. Uh, okay. Italy is up next, Jack. Italy. All right. Um, I figured I you know so some of these you know tend to be actors or musicians. We had an artist, so I figured I would go with somebody from. Uh, the fashion industry. So I went okay. with oh. uh, Gu- Guccio Gucci. Okay, is that the yeah, one? Is uh, that Jared Leto? Jared uh, Leto? I think Guccio is like uh, the the, um, uh, the 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 one who invented. It. I think Jared Leto was was the kid. I don't know if okay. it was of, of Guccio because they were all they were all Gucci's. Um, I did uh, not actually. I, I wonder if that that was uh, uh, what's his face is Adam Driver's dad. Okay, yeah. Is it Jared? Did no? Um, I have to because I have to say I did not see House of Gucci. Um, no, but. you know. Okay, so uh, I think Gucci, like Guccio, was like the he was the man. He was like the first guy, and then I think that uh, whoever was Adam Driver's dad was one of his kids, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because that movie takes place in like the '80s, so that that must have been one of Guccio's uh, kids. Yeah, um, he was. Yeah, so this the the movie House of Gucci takes place pretty much after. The life of Guccio Gucci, I guess. Huh? It, it 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 does. Um, okay. I I I would hope that like Guccio's Italian accent sounds better than uh you know any any of the crap that was actually in the movie Gucci. Lady For those Gaga. of you who saw that, it's uh, terrible. Jeremy, we've talked about it before, but it would be like if you and I just started to talk like this. Um, right. That, that was the amount of prep work that was done for a seemingly bi- huge budget Ridley Scott movie. Um, well, the, you know, um, see it as a curiosity, but it's awful. Yeah, the 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 dialect Lady Gaga's dialect coach distanced herself from the movie like upon its release. 
She's like, that is yeah. not what I ta- taught her. How- that's not the accent I taught her. She went out on her. She's, she went rogue. And so like when that happens, that's pretty bad, I would say. Yeah, no, it's it's a joke. I, I really think that they just should not have had any of the people do accents because um, presumably they're talking in Italian to each other for a lot of the time. Right. So uh, it, it's it's an abomination and a very very weird movie. But um, yeah, Guccio Guccio uh, Gucci was was. I, I don't own anything <laughs> made by Gucci. Do you, Jeremy? <laughs> no, I don't think so, Jack. I think the listeners... is it only for, is that only for women? They've got Gucci stuff for guys. I, too, I think right? they yeah. I think they do. But I you know I like I the most um, expensive piece of clothing I own is my winter jacket probably. And uh, <laughs> you know I maybe, yeah. All the, I was going to yeah. say all all your other stuff is like podcast t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, um so yeah, yeah, not a big uh labels guy, but um sure. yeah, I mean uh so that yeah, that's an interesting one. I I did not know that um uh that that guy's name is Guccio Gucci though. Like that's like, you know, <laughs> that's like Willie Williams or like uh like uh yeah, was that the or no, Woody Woody Williams. I you know, I don't know. Like there's all kinds of names like that. Who's the uh, who's that baseball player right now with two with two names? Like he's got he's got the same name but it tw- but twice. You know who I'm talking about? I think he's in the minors. Uh oh, there's Victor Victor Mesa. <laughs> yeah, Victor Victor Mesa. There yeah, yeah. In the um, in the Marlins uh, organization. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right, right. Um, yeah. So that's a pretty good one. That's a good one. Um, okay, Jack. Well, I went. Um, I you know we're talking like. Um, fashion which transcended over to film um so i went with a film character myself jack uh, yeah. I, I i had to do it um so i ended up going with vito corleone oh uh, sure yeah uh that's that that is the godfather um, marlon brando's character yeah yes that's that's correct um so you know and then even within that world there's there's other people i could have picked i could have picked michael or sonny or um uh, uh fredo um, Fredo would have been a good pick, but, um, uh, I went with Vito. Just Vito is the one who like came to this country and, um, you know, we, we learn about his humble beginnings, um, uh, uh, you know, in Godfather two, um, I forgot what the name, what's the name of the guy. It's not Don Ciccio. Is it who that's, that's from the Simpsons. I think who's, who's the guy who he's working for? Like the, the kind of like the God for the kingpin of the neighborhood when, Vito Corleone's coming up in Godfather 2. I forgot what his name uh, is. Uh, it, it's not like uh, Checchio or something like that, is it? Yeah, it's it's been a long. So the book is the book is excellent too. I would recommend it if anybody hasn't read it. Um, uh, it has been a long time since I've I've seen those movies. But uh, so you're referring to two when De Niro takes out that guy and and then becomes the boss, right? Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So nice. um, I just remember there's a part where he says like I need to my I need to wet my beak, um, which is the first time I heard that expression. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, he was, you know, he, um, was helping that guy wet his beak a little bit and then, you know, finally took power over. Um, so, um, so yeah, you know, he, he came from humble beginnings, uh, and built himself up, uh, to become like this patriarch of the, the Corleone family. So, you know, you got to respect that a little bit. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I went with, uh, v- uh, Vito Corleone. Yeah, um, uh, Jeremy, that first scene in The Godfather 2, uh, the, the, uh, not The Godfather 2, in, in The Godfather, the first movie, um, when, when he's with The Undertaker, and The Undertaker's like, I believe in America. America has made my fortune. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's great. That's a great scene. Um, yeah. 
I was just uh, watching geez. that scene. Um, yeah, for, I was. Yeah, there's something. Mm-hmm. Some uh, I forgot what it was, but I, I was just watching that scene. Yeah, it's a good one. Nice. Yeah, I mean that's one. It's one of the all-time classics. Um, uh, well, Jeremy. Who, yeah, who do you uh, who do you think for this one? It's a tough tough call. <sighs> you know, I mean. I don't know if uh, Gucci, Guccio, Gucci uh, ever had anyone killed, but, you know, there is blood on the hands of Vito Corleone. So there's that, you know, you don't make it to the top without uh, uh, killing a few people, I guess. Sure. Um, so so there is that. So, you know, there you know, there are some some knocks you could take against Vito Corleone. Um, I mean, so are we to believe then that like um, is this Guccio like? Is he the one who he pretty much set up the whole Gucci like thing, right? Like the whole Yeah, like, it says in nineteen twenty one he founded the House of Gucci okay. in Florence. Um a okay. hundred years later, uh, Ridley Scott would direct the House of Gucci. Um but uh yeah, he uh, he founded it. Um, you know, they started by making like handbags and leather saddles and stuff and then you know it it and sounds like it just kinda blew up from there. Um, yeah. And then he died in 1953 and left the business to his five sons. Okay. All right. Well, that seems like one of those instances where, like, you know, if anyone was running like rampant as a Gucci, it was it was the fam, it was the kids, you know, like he right. He actually probably did kind of similar to maybe a little bit to the Godfather, um, but uh, I, I think it's a toss up, Jack. Uh, I could go either way. Um, you know, I respect a good businessman, I suppose. Who, who can well, you know, uh, Jeremy, um, Vito Corleone uh, w- was played by uh, both Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro. So That's true. you got that, and, you know, they were in the score together. So uh, <laughs> That's right. You ever see that one? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a bad movie. I um, believe that's the one where they, like, say, like, Brando wasn't wearing pants during some of his scenes. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Wouldn't uh, wouldn't surprise me for sure. I'm sure he didn't memorize any of his lines. But right. um, I, uh, you know, uh, Jeremy, I, I do love the Godfather book as well. Um, and because I don't own any Gucci and I hated the movie, um, okay. I, uh, you know, I, I think maybe we should choose Vito for this one. Okay, let's do it. Vito Corleone, it is. Nice. I love it. Um, let's hope that when he's out there throwing the first pitch for Team Italy, you know, no one uh, makes a move on him. Yeah, right. He won't he won't throw it till he sees the whites of the catcher's eyes, right? <laughs> yes. Uh and I believe it is Don Ciccio. Uh so there you go. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah. All right. Very good. Um okay, very good. Um all right, Jack. Last rounding out uh, pool A, Jack. Uh we have uh Panama. Ooh, Panama. It's okay. a tricky one. Um, it's a tough one. Yeah, this this was a tough one. Um uh you know who I, I chose um only because I've heard his name? is Ruben Blades. Okay. I saw him come up in um, in my uh, research, but there's a guy in Predator 2. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, okay, that's got to be him. He probably plays Danny Boy. Okay, but it's so weird, though, because, like, yeah, okay, because he, see, I'm wondering if um, there's two guys named Ruben Blades, Jack. I think there is. Okay. I think the Pan- the Panamanian Ruben Blades maybe is it's got to be a different guy. J- Jeremy, it, it says it's I'm not, looking no, at his Wikipedia. I'm looking at his Wikipedia yeah. uh, page here, and it says his acting. I never, I didn't. Okay, I didn't know that was Ruben Blades. Holy shit! Yeah. Okay, he plays. Uh, he plays Danny Boy. Um, okay. Uh, he gets. He gets. Gets. You know, spoiler, folks. He gets killed by the predator. He's. You know, he plays a cop on Danny Glover's. Uh, on Danny Glover's team, and then when Danny Glover finds his body, Danny Glover says. 
Uh, that's a good line. And then, uh, and then he wants to like go after the predator, but like the chief won't let him. And Danny Glover's like, he's referring to Reuben Blades' character, and he's like, 15 years on the fucking streets." Um, yeah, man. Great stuff. Okay, yeah. All right, who do you got, man? I got a guy from Predator. I got a guy from Predator too. Hey, this, this is not the first time you've done a Danny Glover from Predator Two impression on this podcast, no. is it? No, it, it's not, and it's it won't be the last either. <laughs> I I think of all your impressions, Jack. <laughs> your Danny Glover, I think, is my favorite. Nice, nice, man. I, I think the line I probably quoted before was, "You ripping my dick off and fucking me in the ass with it." That's that's the. <laughs> Might be the greatest movie line uh, in in history. Oh man, I you know I think I think this happened last time where I was like I our our friend Rich uh, Salamander who was on the podcast <clears throat> does an impression of uh, not not Danny Glover but the another guy in Predator Two um, and I I think I may have said if we ever have him on we should have him do it then when he's oh, on man. we forgot but he does like the the one guy like they go to see it's like a it's like a I don't, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what his, his, his character is, but he goes like, you can't kill what can't be killed. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. That, that character's name is King Willie. Um, yeah, right, right. King Willie, the voodoo priest. Yeah. Uh, okay. my, uh, my, my friend Chris also does an impression of him where he goes, it's dread man, truly dread. Uh, <laughs> Predator oh, two is a great movie, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I haven't seen it in a very long time, but um, yeah, they they certainly did a one eighty from the original Predator to Predator. Definitely, um, Jack. I don't even. I, I'm so like I I'm I dig that a lot. I saw that name come up, and I'm like, isn't that the guy from Predator Two? And then I just <laughs> I didn't look any further because like they call they call him like a a poet and like a musician uh-huh. and stuff, and I'm like, well, no way is that guy in Predator Two, but it is the same, sure. it is the same guy. Jack, I went. I named. I I chose Manuel Noriega, um, okay. so not. Uh, you know, again, like kind of in the uh, Vito Corleone uh, wheel. Uh, not to get all history on 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 you because we we do have three more pools to get to. But Manuel Noriega was like a CIA informant, kind of um, at, at some point in Panama. Then kind of went squirrely on the on the U.S. government. Started drug trafficking and arms trading, and uh, eventually the. Uh, the U.S. government like overthrew him. Um, <clears throat> the most notable thing about Pan- of, of Noriega, this was all when I was like a little little kid. I, this must have happened in like the late '80s, I think. I can't can't quite remember. But do you remember any of this, Jack, about Noriega? Um, I, I may have read it in the news. Uh, I, I probably you know, or, or oh no, that you mean like uh, in the '80s? No, no, I wouldn't remember that. Okay, yeah. Um. I think they took him down in 89 now it looks like. But one of the things that like I um <clears throat> that like was notable is like he was like in a standoff like in his complex or whatever and they were trying to like get him out or whatever. And apparently they used like heavy metal music like loud. They got these huge speakers and just like cranked this like heavy metal music to like drive him crazy and like drive him out of his compound. Um sure. so so yeah, so that was one of the first instances where I heard of that happening. Uh, so I thought it was pretty cool, um, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, notable to me in that sense, but, um, uh, you know, not necessarily a great guy. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if I endorse him as being the representative of Panama, but I threw him out there anyway. Wonderful. Um, cool. Well, uh, you know, Jeremy, my vote uh, probably is for, you know, for, for many reasons, I think should be uh, Ruben, would be Ruben Blades. 
Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm 100% on board with that. Excellent. Uh, very cool. So that's the first pool. Uh, so, yeah, who we got on our second pool? All right, Jack. Um, so second pool, uh, we're starting off with a big hitter here, um, Japan. Mm, okay, Japan. Uh, all right, Jeremy, who did you have for Japan? All right, Jack. Um, so for Japan, a uh, lot of lot of choices. Um, in fact, I'm even thinking of, of one now that I – who's associated with this guy. So maybe you could get two for the price of one, but Jack, I went um, no further than the WWF here. Oh yeah. Or the okay. WWE. And I went with uh, Mr. Fuji, the manager, Mr. Fuji. Oh, very good. You know, I, I think that uh, he maybe it may have been a little bit before my time. Oh, really? You don't know Mr. Fuji? Uh, no, I, you know, he, um, I, he, I don't remember him. Yeah. What, I mean, what, what? you can Google him like, um, but, um, he uh, was notable for managing. Uh, he managed demolition, um, and uh, uh, I think he was involved with Andre the Giant at some point. Um, he was just a manager that just jumped around to like a bunch of different guys. Um, but uh, he and then he had like a a, a, a a rebirth of sorts where he managed Yokozuna, uh, and okay. like so okay. he used to wear this like this black suit and top hat, which I don't. I'm sure it's offensive somehow, um, but uh, yeah, it was a little characteristic or caricature, uh, like uh, representation. Um, and then, but then he kind of like had a rebirth when he managed um, <clears throat> Yokozuna, and he wore like a, a, a kimono and stuff. Um, so he had kind of like a different look, but he was still the same Mr. Fuji. Like you know, he he carried a cane, and he would use the cane to like hit guys and have his his team win and everything. So he was a little sly guy, but. Um, you know, he sure was, he sure was likable. Um, I mean, he was a heel, but, uh, you know, he was, he was cool. So that's, that's why I chose Mr. Fuji. Nice. Very good. Yeah. You know, it says that he stopped I'm, and, uh, you know, with all, with all the old wrestling clips, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that, um, especially if he managed, uh, Yokozuna, I'm a little surprised I hadn't, I hadn't seen him, but, uh, yeah, it's, it seems like he stopped working for WWF in, in 1996. Um, I didn't start watching them till, till 99. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, weird, weird blind spot, but I just, uh, you know, I just never really saw the guy. But that that's a good one, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. Uh, who you, you know, got, who knows, Jack? Maybe, yeah, maybe there will be another uh, wrestler coming up, uh, you know, later in this. Later in this. Um, sure. Yeah, uh, so, Jeremy, I uh, I picked Yoko Ono. Interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I, um, you know, I, I think that that's mainly to, like, mess with, uh, like, uh, uh, you know the other team that sure. that Japan is playing, um, especially if it's uh, you know Japan, uh, not Japan, uh, you know Great Britain or uh, the United States. You know she she's widely uh, you know charged with breaking up the Beatles, mm-hmm. which uh, I, I actually think would have probably happened anyway. Um, yeah, I've know, I've I, thoughts about this. Sure, I mean I I think that. Um, you know, I think at that point, like John and Paul were not getting along uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and she she was kind of just blamed for it. But uh, it's it's a strange thing. I mean, there's there's really no other uh, person in history who's like singularly blamed for uh, breaking up something like that. So uh, you know, she she's she's kind of a one off. But uh, you know, it's, it's kind of kind of a fascinating story. So I picked her. Interesting. Okay. So <clears throat> I have a couple things to say about this uh, real quick. Number one. Did, you didn't see the um, uh, the Get Back uh, documentary series, did you, Jack? About no, the I didn't. 
So yeah, I, I my wife and I recently watched it like several like months after it came out and people were talking about it. But um, yeah, it's 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 footage of them trying to record um, like the Let It Be album, and this was like full fledged uh, Yoko Ono era. And there are straight up like in the videos, like it's it's all of them like practicing and re- they're rehearsing and writing songs and and everything. And like they're sitting around in like a semicircle, like around the drums, like uh, with George, Paul, and Ringo. And like Yoko Ono is sitting right next to them, and as if she's like part of the writing team, and, in, and she's in not the band, and she's just like doing like like doing like cross stitch or like doing like a uh, crocheting or something, or sure. like reading and uh, reading a newspaper, and it's like. If I was like, if I was Paul, especially Paul or anybody else, I'd be like, hey, what the hell is she doing here, man? Like, and honestly, and it is bullshit, though, that like she's like blamed for it, because like if you want to blame anybody for it, it should be John. Like John's the one who brought her into that situation. Um, Yes. So blame John Lennon. I I watched this special this uh, documentary and John Lennon comes across as a real like asshole. Honestly, like he he's, he was super talented, obviously, but um, a couple of things and, and I was never super clear on the Beatles, but like it's very clear that Paul kind of was like John. John wrote some great songs, but Paul wrote the great the really great songs. So like it's it's all it's all kind of murky. But it, this this uh, this documentary brings a lot of things to light that I was never familiar with. That all being said, Jack, I actually saw Yoko Ono at Pitchfork. um years ago at this point, but I actually saw her perform live and it was a, yeah. And I got to say, it was actually kind of cool. Like it was weird for sure, but like, that doesn't mean that it was bad. Like, you know, if you're going to see, like, if you thought you were going to see like a Beatles, like pop power pop band or something, and you saw Yoko Ono, you'd probably be thrown off, (laughs) but it was cool. I thought it was actually cool. So, um, I was, I'm glad that I got to see that. That's, I, I don't think she, she plays, she plays out too often, you know. I don't think she gigs around sure. too much. So I'm actually glad no. that I got to see that. Um, so I, you know, I kind of like that pick. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's a definitely a fraught situation. But I don't think she's the, the main villain there. I think a lot of people would like to just put the blame on her. But, like, honestly, I think, think John is the one who, who's more to blame for that situation. Sure, and I, I feel like uh, in recent years people have put John Lennon under a little bit more of a microscope. Um, sure, and uh, you know said have said other things about him that are you know probably also true. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, uh, hey, she's one of the last living people who can say that she knew the Beatles on on that um, on that much of an intimate level. I mean, you know, two of them are still alive, but uh, Yoko's Yoko's almost ninety, and I don't know how old uh, Ringo and Paul are, but they've got to be getting up there. Um, yeah. So great, yeah. That's a uh, that's a good one, man. So we got a tough choice here. Um, you know, Mr. Fuji or, or Yoko. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where where do you lean? Well, geez, I yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know Yoko Ono was ninety already. Um, yeah, I mean, born in thirty three. Yeah. So, I mean, I uh, you know it's a controversial pick, but uh, um, you know, Mr. Fuji sadly is his past. Uh, so you know, we would have to like. Um, it would be more of a rep, uh, more more of an honorable, uh, um, you know, representation. So um, I, uh, you know, I don't know. The Yoko pick is is controversial, but I'm 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 down with it. I can I can roll with that. All right, let's do it. And I mean, you saw her too, so I yeah. think that's 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 as good enough reason as any. Okay, nice. We will go with Yoko for Japan. 
All right, cool. Um, all right, next up on the list is Korea. Ooh, Korea. Okay, yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, yeah, I guess I'll give you uh, mine first for Korea. Yeah, I go chose, for it. and I I think she's been kind of canceled right now, but I chose Aquafina. Okay, okay, yeah. Hey, really, I hadn't heard that, but uh, I could. You yeah, know. someone someone told me that she got canceled <clears throat> for something, but um, I mean, you never can tell these days if somebody's if somebody's been canceled. So. Uh, Especially um, with the comedian. You know, I shouldn't say that. I'll have to look more into that. But uh, did you see that movie Crazy Rich Asians? I that is not one that I saw, but I, I did okay, see the farewell. Okay, I mean it's 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 not it's not very you know it's not that great. It's definitely just interesting from a perspective of like it's a very like colorful movie, um, and like just the the sets in it are just lavish. But um, yeah, she's she's in it. She's probably the highlight. She's she's pretty funny. So I went with her. Uh, okay, I like that. Um, I did like the movie. So this is good, Jack, because I picked an obscure person, but it, she ties into to Aquafina. Um, so um, I think, although, hold on, let me let me confirm this. Maybe she's not in this movie. I might just be getting this confused. Um, let's see. Is she in this movie? No, I don't think she is. Okay, well, I take that back. But still, um, I went with a, an actor as well, Jack. So I, I did see the movie The Farewell, and uh, yeah, it. Um, I, I remember liking it. I know that it got like a lot of hype, um, but uh, for like a comedian uh, to make the film and stuff, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty uh, touching in a way. Um, Jack, did you, you didn't happen to see the movie Minari? Did you? No, I didn't. Okay, so that's um that's a movie starring Stephen Yun, um most notable from The Walking Dead, um, but in 2020 I think uh, there was a movie called Minari, um about him like uh, as an immigrant and his family coming to this country, and starting to like get um like buying a farm and like getting into like farming I think in like Oklahoma or something or Texas or something. Um, so they're a Korean family, and uh, they the the grandmother uh, comes over to to live with them. Uh, and it's played by this, this, this actress, uh, Yu Jung Yoon. And, um, if you saw her, sh so she, she's, uh, she steals the, the show in the movie. She's, she's really good. Uh, um, she's like a, a small, like older lady, but like has a lot of like spunk and a lot of like, uh, uh, you know, liveliness to her. Um, and so she ended up winning the Oscar for best supporting actress. And she, she was winning a lot of awards on this on the circuit that year and gave a lot of good speeches like she won uh Brad Pitt gave away that award that year and she kind of like was like kind of like flirting with Brad Pitt a little bit she kind of like won the hearts of a lot of people like when she was like hitting the award circuit so I I have a soft spot for for Yoo Jung Yoon and so that's who I picked uh to represent Korea for me nice what uh what movie was this again Jeremy that she won for I didn't I don't remember that it's called Minari Okay. Um, it, okay. It was nice. my favorite movie of 2020. Um, oh. It was it was a good movie. It's just about it's a very like simple movie about like a um, a family of Korean uh, immigrants. Uh, like I think it's in. Uh, let me look it up really quick. I I can't remember if it's Texas or uh, a different uh, different state. But um, do they even say uh, California? I guess it takes place in. No, 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 uh, Arkansas, Arkansas. So, um, yeah, it's a good movie. Um, uh, Steven Young's pretty good in it, and, uh, you know, it was definitely, like, a good, like, he comes from a comedy background, and he, like, uh, was on The Walking Dead, and this was, like, a good good movie 
for him nice. to do. Nice. So. I see that Will Patton is in it too. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's he's good in it actually. He's he's got a good oh. character. Um nice. so yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh well uh, uh let's go with let's go with that one then, Jeremy. I think just because of the uh uh just because of the Oscar, I think um we she have one Oscar, Oscar winner and one one non-Oscar <clears throat> winner. So I think we should we should go with that. Yeah, and then overall I think we have like I guess if you count Marlon Brando, we we have like three Oscar winners total so far. Uh, nice. On the, on the on the team here, but uh, yeah, watch uh, watch her uh, Oscar acceptance speech, and you'll I think you'll be won over by by this lady. Yeah, very cool. No, I I got to see Minari now too. Um, it's pretty good. It's a very simple film, but very good. Oh, very good. Uh, okay, nice. Uh, well, that's uh, uh, who's our next uh, country we're doing. All right, Jack, I got Australia next up. Oh, okay. All right, you want to do you want to do Australia first? <laughs> sure, Jack. Uh, this one is a little. Um, it's a very it's a specialized pick. Uh, so Jack, I went with Russell Crowe, but mm. I went with Russell Crowe from as Jeffrey Wigand from the movie The Insider specifically. Um, oh yeah. I okay. don't. I'm not the biggest Russell Crowe fan. Uh, he seems kind of just like a general asshole. Um, sure. He did, he famously threw a phone at a, ho- a hotel worker's head, I think, um, and just just seems like a a, a dick overall. But um, yeah, he plays. He plays against type in in the movie The Insider, which also features uh, Al Pacino from The Godfather. Um, but he plays against type as this like kind of like guy who's he's a whistleblower for um, uh, like the tobacco company, and um, <clears throat> it's like it's direct movie. Did have you seen this movie, Jack? The Insider. I long time ago. Okay. I remember liking it. Yeah, it's directed by Michael Mann. It's a great film, and uh, you know he like whistleblows on on. Uh, the big tobacco and like uh, Al Pacino plays a 60 minutes uh, producer who helps him like share a story. Uh, and then like, you know, he's like, there's a lot of like uh, paranoia about being tracked by the, uh, by the tobacco uh, companies, um, you know, trying to silence him. So it's, it's a great movie. He plays like kind of this like mild mannered, like scientist guy. And um, he's great in the movie. It's definitely my favorite role of his. So I'm picking Russell Crowe specifically as Jeffrey Wigand from from uh, The Insider. Nice. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I'll i watch Russell Crowe in, in just about anything. I, I do like him. Although, uh, yeah, like you said, he's definitely got a, rep- rep- a reputation for being volatile. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I yeah, that. I like it. Okay, so that's a good one. That's going to be tough to beat. Uh, my guy, Jeremy, so here we got a, a wrestler. Um, do you remember Nathan Jones? Ooh, no, I don't. Okay, yeah. So Nathan Jones <clears throat> was just this big uh, Australian guy who signed with the WWE and must have been the early 2000s. Um, and this was at a time I don't know if you were watching wrestling then, but they were when, whenever like before a guy would debut, there would be these little vignettes of like oh, yeah. you know of, of him just like doing stuff or saying stuff. And with Nathan Jones, it was just like I don't even remember what it was. It was just like clips of him looking scary, and then and then he he would say. I'm Nathan Jones. <laughs> Good day. And that was it. Jesus. And it and you know, people were like, "Oh man, this is really exciting cuz he's 6'11 and like over 300 pounds. So he was a yeah. he was a big dude, you know, like Undertaker or, or Kane or something." Yeah. Um so they hyped him up, but it it just flopped like right away. Like I don't I don't actually ever remember seeing him wrestle. He might have gotten hurt like just really early on. I remember there was a a rumor too that like he, he took so many steroids that he started lactating. 
I think that mm. was Nathan Jones, but okay. I'm not sure. But it was just like this guy was like just a fucking joke um, as yeah. like he started off, and it was such a disappointment because you know you you were excited for him, but it's also funny because the only gimmick the WWE could think of for this guy was just making him uh, like an Australian guy, which is which is what he was. <laughs> So yeah. like, I'd like, come on, the writing staff could maybe do a little bit better than that. But, uh, yeah. you know, so he wasn't set up for success, I guess. Well, back in my heyday of the WWF, they, they did those vignettes as well. And they were amazing. There were some that were amazing. The, when Nails came to the WWF, who was like, um, he was like an ex-con who um, the big boss man had put away. Um <clears throat> he kind of was, I feel like he was kind of modeled after the guy from Shocker, the movie Shocker, um, the Wes Craven movie. Like, um, he kept saying, like, boss man, I'm coming to the WWF to right or wrong. <laughs> like, he kind of sounded like, he kind of sounded like Bobcat Goldthwait a little bit. And I was like, I'm like, oh my God, when this guy gets here, he's going to kill the big boss man. And like, you know, the feud never like took off like you wanted it to. But um Sure. So yeah, when they're when they, as far as they can go is just like good day, <laughs> like that's yeah. really that's really skimming the top of the you know the surface. Um, so yeah. Also, I would say that the lactating thing that could be like a that could be a cool thing if it was used in the right way. But you know, <laughs> I guess I guess they weren't they weren't really thinking that deeply. So yeah, that's interesting. Um, I also like I think to talk up to compare like eras of of wrestling, it's always a bummer like. I always felt like it was a bummer this, this era of wrestling where they where guys were just going by like a first and last name. It's like, sure, I know I know that some of the old characters may have been offensive, possibly Mr. Fuji, uh, but uh, <laughs> but like you know I would like you know call him like Crocodile Deadly or something like you know call, like something like give some spin even if it's lazy like I, I want some kind of gimmick more than just a first last name. No, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll get back to the big boss man in one second. But um, so I'm, I'm looking here, and it says that he debuted in April of 2003, and he had quit the WWE by December 2003. So that was a that was a real flash in the pan. He was probably only on TV a couple times. So and we're talking 20 years ago. So it's it's amazing that I I remember this. Um, I don't know if you remember Jeremy. I think there was like a presidential debate or something, but it was in Cobb County, Georgia. And like some somebody, it was a genius tweet, but they they just they tweeted out like, whenever I hear Cobb County, Georgia, I think of the big boss man. Um, yeah. And I was like, that's freaking awesome. Um, he's dead now, but uh, I, I did I did think that was a clever tweet. If you ever take a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia, you better read the sign, respect the law and order. You'll serve hard times. You'll be serving hard times. Yeah, there that, you go. Um, yeah, they eventually, um, uh, do you remember when they changed, uh, Big Boss Man's music? Did, it was just like this, like, when, it was like, when he really became a heel. Do you, do you remember him when he was, like, wearing all black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it, like, just a siren or something? Yeah, no, it was, like, this guitar <clears throat> riff where it was, like, it, I mean, it wasn't very good, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah good, uh, good stuff. Can we, yeah, can we just choose the Big Boss Man for this one? Um, I don't know. <laughs> for, yeah. Um, yeah, how did we get uh, uh, to this? How did we get to this point? <laughs> yeah, Nathan Jones. I was just going to say, who did you pick for your guy again? <laughs> Russell Crowe as Jeffrey Wygand. Okay, let's let's pick Russell Crowe and let's, and you know, I think he trumps uh he, he trumps Nathan Jones. 
Okay, let's do it. Jack, just for just for uh, shits and giggles, I did uh, message you um, through the chat here, uh, just an image search for nails. Um, so you can take a look at what nails look like. Um, uh, pretty, pretty intense. He was <clears throat> pretty scary looking dude, but just not very good. Ultimately. Sure. Do you see it there in the, uh, just go to the, Hold uh, on. I, it, it's hard for me to access it on my, on my phone. Um, oh, oh yeah, I yeah, see. Yeah. I see. I see though. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That, that is, that is intense, man. That's he, great. He kind of looks like Jeff Daniels on steroids. Sure. Yeah. He certainly, he certainly looks the part of, of the gimmick he was playing. Yeah. I wish we'll have to look for a video of him, but straight up his voice was like, boss, man, no, you put me away for years and I'm coming to get you. <laughs> like that's, if, you, if people knew nails, they would say like, that's an A plus nails there, Jeremy. Good work. Um, okay, Jack, uh, we got two more in this pool. I, I'm almost, I'm wondering if we should like break this up or just kind of go full yeah. speed ahead here. I don't know, but. Sure. Maybe we should just go faster. Okay, let's try it. So, yeah. All right, all right Jack, I'm I, I'm going outside of the box here again for, for the next country, which is China. Yep. Um, I'll just go ahead and give mine just because it's it's just uh, it's 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 absurd. But um, a lot of people to pick from China, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of people to choose from huge population. Jack, I ended up going with the website dhgate.com. Um, and uh, I'll expl- I'll just go ahead and explain <laughs> why I chose dhgate.com. Jack, I think I don't know how much I've talked about this on the podcast, but dhgate is a uh, Chinese website. Um where it's kind of like the the Amazon of China, I guess, and they have all these like kind of just cheap cut rate uh, products. But one thing that you can get on DHGate.com, which I've purchased on DHGate.com, are bootleg baseball jerseys. Oh yeah. So a lot of the jerseys that I have are knockoff jerseys that I've gotten from China for like a fraction of the price. Like you can get a real jersey with like a, you've seen the jerseys. I've, I haven't worn them in a while, but like. I bought some cool Cubs jerseys. I'm, I, I, th- I think you've seen a lot of them. Um, I have a, I had a Don Zimmer one. Um, you can get them for like eighteen twenty dollars, like from this from this website. So like if you if you want to get a jersey and like you don't want to pay like the crazy prices, like it's straight up the same material um, for just a fraction of the cost. And uh, that's one of the beauties about this website. So. Uh, they're a Chinese website, um, and uh, so uh, f- to represent China, I'm going with, you know, it could be whoever the CEO of DHGate is, but I'm going DHGate.com. Now, yeah, that, nice, Jeremy. That's some real, uh, like, internet insider knowledge right there. So yeah. I, I, li- I like it. I like it. Um, I am going to go uh, for China with I am pay. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's it's cool, like, you know, for, for an architect – to be uh, a superstar, yeah, you know, like it's such a it's such a behind the scenes thing, and most of the time, like you don't really think about who built a building, but I mean, I, I could probably name two architects: I M Pei and Frank Lloyd Wright. So, sure. yeah, that's pretty uh, that's pretty exclusive company that I M Pei is in. He was also I don't know if you ever saw the 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 episode of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, where uh, the guy the first guy who won a million dollars like won, but I M Pei was one of the uh, was one of the uh, uh, answers, the answers to one of the questions. Okay. Yeah, he was one it, of the answers. It wasn't so, the final um, answer, though? 
I don't think it was like to the five hundred thousand dollar question. Okay. I think, but okay. like the guy just the guy just knew it off the top of his head. It, I mean, he might have been the answer to the million dollar one, but um, okay. the guy just like knew it off the top of his head. It, it was it was awesome. It turned out that guy worked for the IRS too, so it's just like oh, yeah. you know people people booed him, which was funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I am pay is mine. I like that, Jack. Um, I have a I have a little like connection, like, not connection, but a little uh, anecdote. Uh, from a nice. mini story with I am pay. Uh, it's, it's, it harkens back to a different time, but, um, I was, uh, I went to a, a Halloween party once, um, in college. Um, uh, um, and, uh, I went as an architect. Um, my, my girlfriend at the time, her father was an architect. And so like he, she had like a hard hat and like a rolled like plans, like, you know, like a poster of like, you know, blueprints rolled yeah. up. And so I like dressed up like I wore like a shirt and a tie and I put like a, a ruler in my pocket and I carried around the, the blueprints and I had a helmet on and uh, I, I went as an architect and someone at the party said, hey, are, are you I am I am pay? That's uh, it was a little it was slightly offensive because I am Filipino and I am pay is Chinese. But but it was like, you know, it, it was like I am like, hey, you know what? It was right there. Like, I, I can't can't be offended by that it was it was a pretty clear like place to go so um yeah it was kind of a funny kind of funny scenario there that's great man i i knew where that story was going the second you said like (laughs) halloween so yeah so there you go so that that's that's cool i i have respect for that man for sure all right all right well uh yeah who who gets your vote for china i'm i'm very happy to go with imp over a website (laughs) okay let's let's do that um all right next uh next country all right, Czech Republic to round out Pool B, Jack. Ooh, yeah, perfect. Uh, all right, Czech Republic, Jeremy. I chose Franz Kafka. Oh, okay, very nice. Yeah, very, very Kafka-esque answer. Um, uh, you know, I've read The Metamorphosis. Uh, I've read uh, uh, what, what's the one? The Trial. Um, I, I mean, I think I think those are the the two like big Kafka books. I've read them both. I enjoyed them both. You know, he he definitely has this very weird thing about like. Uh, you know, like administrative red tape is like a big thing in his, uh, at least in the trial, and like mm. a guy not re- being able to figure out what he's been charged with. Uh, and also, he was shouted out in Breaking Bad too, um, uh, as well. There was a there was an episode named Kafka esque, which uh, so mm-hmm. he's he's still in the zeitgeist. So that was that was my pick. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's like old school Czech. Like um, I think I I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't r- really rattle off like history and geography for you, but like. Czech, Czechoslovakia turned into Czech Republic and Slovakia. I think. I guess I just did it right. So he might be huh. from like that old, like before the split. I think. Um, so okay, that's good. That's a good one. Um, I never read uh, uh, *Metamorphosis*. Um, okay. So I, I I know about it. Um, they also reference Kafka. They say that in uh, I think *Spaceballs* too. Oh, uh, nice. I think they say Kafka-esque when like the death star turns into like that, that vacuum cleaner thing. Sure. Spaceballs. Um, but, uh, all of my star Wars references are through Spaceballs. Um, but, <laughs> um, okay. That's a good one, Jack. I, I, again, I, I, I know we said we have to hurry this up, but I, I chose this one sh- strictly for the own personal, uh, anecdote actually. And you know what? We got another Oscar winner here. Um, uh, but I have a personal anecdote about this person. So Jack, for the Czech Republic, I chose, um, I guess, musician slash actress Marketa Irglova. 
Okay. Um, now, I don't expect you to know Marquette Irglova, Jack, but do you know the musical Once? Yes. All right. So it's about like an Irish guy and like a, I think she, I don't know if she plays Irish or Czech in the movie. Um, but, um, it's like a romance story of these two people meeting, like these two musicians and like, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Quite I, I won that DVD at a white elephant, uh, uh oh. gift exchange. Um, and I think I've since thrown it away, but I, I did <laughs> okay. watch, I did watch it. Did you, do you remember liking it? Uh, no, I didn't like it. I'm sorry, Jeremy. That's, that's fine. I, it's a, I thought it was like, uh, um, you know, I thought it was, uh, rightly emotional i guess i don't know sure like um i i did like it uh i mean i've only seen it once but uh, i did like the song as well um okay. i think i like the song more than the movie itself but anyway so the woman in that movie is marketa irglova now jack um they and they wanted they want an oscar for um best screenplay or best song i can't remember maybe they for just best original song um famously uh they won the the year of the Oscars where John Stewart hosted, and uh, the guy Glenn Hansard like gave a speech, and Marquetta started giving her speech, but they played her off. They played the music up, and she couldn't give her speech, so they they kind of went off. And then John Stewart, yeah. who was hosting that year, brought her back out, and he's like, "Hey, you know this this woman got uh, cut off, so I just want to give her her time." And so he like brought her out. And that was like the only time that anyone's ever done that. It was pretty cool. Sure. Um. So. Um, Jack, I, I, the apartment that I lived at when I met you, I lived in the Ukrainian village, uh, in Chicago. Okay. Um, the guy, it was like a this six unit apartment building where like the stairway was in the middle and each side had an apartment. The guy who lived across from me, uh, was a musician and he was like a sound guy. So he like toured with bands and he did sound for them. And I think he maybe played sometimes like on stage with them. Uh, he played with that guy, Glenn Hansard, his band, uh, I believe. Um, and, uh, you know, so he knew those people. Uh, he, I remember he, like, at one point, like, he said something like, hey, you know, my girlfriend is going to be moving in. And, you know, so if you see her around, like, you know, she's she, she's living with me, whatever. And uh, one day I, like, went out to get the mail and I saw a box and it was addressed to Marketa Irglova. And, like, I knew that name from from once and, and, and from that movie and from the Oscars. And I'm like, that's weird. Like someone like wrote, like sent a package to this guy as a, and as a joke, wrote her name down like yeah. as uh, the recipient. I'm like, that's a weird inside thing. And I'm like, wait a second. Like he's connected to all these bands. And I'm like, is that his fucking girlfriend? And mm-hmm. who's living across the hallway from me? And so like, sure enough, it was. And like, I never saw her, but my, my roommate, uh, John, uh, saw her and like would talk to her and stuff like ran into her in like the laundry room and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, God damn it, man. Marquetta Erglova lives across the hallway from me and she's a fucking Oscar winner. Like she might have the Oscar in, in that apartment across the hallway from me. And uh, the sad part is that I never got to meet her and like ask her that stupid question. Like if she has the Oscar. Um, but yeah, so she lived across the hallway from me in this like kind of crappy apartment in the Ukrainian village. Um, so uh, anyway, she's Czech. So I chose her as the representative for Czech Republic. That's quite that's quite the payoff that that anecdote had, man. Jesus yeah. Christ. I never yeah. knew you lived next to next to that person. No, I mean it's the weirdest thing and I found out because some someone sent her like a a package and I'm like <laughs> yeah, I was like I was convinced it was like some sort of inside joke. I'm like, "Oh no, it's the actual person." Like, what was an Oscar winner doing living across the hallway from me? Who knows. But there it was. 
Okay, well, let's go. Let's go with uh, Marquetta or Glova then. Jesus Christ, okay. man. Okay, I mean, I'll 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 go with that just so we can have another Oscar winner uh, on, the, <laughs> on the list here. I think we're up to four now, right? Yeah, well, I I feel like your uh, your personal connection is um you know uh that 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 alone gets it right there. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. You know if. If you lived around the corner from Franz Kafka at some point, like I would have <laughs> happily went with him. So, just yeah. Well, ho- hopefully, I wouldn't start turning into a vermin or something like that. Yeah, sure. Um, all right, nice. Uh, what's our next country, Jack? We got a big one here. We're we're in Pool C now, and we got the big boy here. We got the U.S. of A. Jack. Okay. Yeah. I I had I had a you know the funny thing is I was gonna pick Neil Hamburger, but it turns out he's Australian. So I went with uh, <laughs> Charles Bronson. Okay, interesting. Charles Bronson. I, I, I like that pick, Jack. Tell tell us nice. why. Just a, a big, strong American guy, you know. I was yeah. gonna go with like Gary Cooper or something, but you know, Charles Bronson is a little uh a little seedier, like a little less uh a little less like noble. Um and okay. he always talks like this, which is great, you know. He's yeah. been Charles Bronson's been lost for the ages, so we need to keep we need to keep mentioning him if we can. Now, okay, so he is American, yes, but um, oh, he's actually Polish too. He's probably yes. like he's probably actually he's probably Polish. So it's funny. I'm I'm uh, it, I guess America is such a melting pot, folks. It's you know yeah. it's hard to it's hard to find somebody because uh, yeah, his his actual name is Charles Bukinski. So I'm trying uh-huh. to see where he was where he was it, born. He was born. I'm looking. I got his wiki, wiki up here. He was born in Pennsylvania. So okay. you know, it might be one of those situations like um, uh, 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 the Deer Hunter, where like all those people they were Russian, but um, you know, sure. there might be like a little enclave. There are there is a Polish population in in Pittsburgh at least that I know of. Um, it actually says like Lithuanian too. Like one of his parents like was from Lithuania or something. But yeah, it. it Anyway, at one point when it occurred to me, like someone said that he was Polish, his accent makes like so much more sense because it yeah. does. It could it sounds like a, a fa- affected like Polish accent or something. But <laughs> uh, but he is he's born in America. This is a guy who would be eligible to play for Team Poland if you know if he was if 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 they were in the tournament. But um, but he could elect to play just like Marcus Stroman is playing for Team Puerto Rico. Um, yeah, he could play for both teams, but. Uh, I think he's a fine pick for Team USA. Excellent. Um, nice. Who'd you pick? Well, Jack, I had a couple. I had a lot of tough choices here. Um, yeah. You know, I'm going to change it up a little bit because we already have Mr. Fuji. So um, I'm going to change it up a little bit. And uh, I had three names up here. But I'm going to go with Guy Fieri. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I just think um, I just think Guy Fieri just, like, speaks America to me. Like what with his trash can nachos and his um, uh, what's uh, what's the name of his restaurant? It's like Tijuana Sam's or something. It's I can't remember. He's got a goofy uh, restaurant. I'm gonna see if I can find it real quick. Well, but uh, hey, yeah. hey, the whole reason we we went to Crazy Jim's is because of him. Uh, that's true. Yeah, exactly. Like he, I mean, he definitely does a great job of exposing. Uh, the country to like these like you know these mom and pop like eating uh, joints like uh, you know diners drive-ins and dives around the country so I I think he's a treasure for that sake alone Um, there's a comedian uh, uh, Shane what the hell's his name Uh, Shane Torres who has a great bit about Guy Fieri like why are we all why do we all make fun of Guy Fieri all he does is like you know share the joy of food with us 
It's like a great yeah. like pro um, Guy Fieri bit, and it's really long. It's really funny. Uh, if you haven't seen that, check that out. But uh, nice. yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he from a, a an appearance standpoint, you know, a little controversial with the frosted tips, the spiky hair, the glasses on backwards on the back of his head. Um, but uh, Tex Wasabi um, and Johnny Garlic are his two uh, restaurants that he owns. Um, okay. But Johnny Garlic's, I should say. But uh, but yeah, you know, for all those reasons, just for food, just big food, big greasy food, uh, I'm picking Guy Fieri. Um, well, you know, hey Jeremy, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of that, and uh, you know, he brought us Crazy Jim's Blimpy Burger, which is uh, definitely a, me- a meal I could eat just about any time. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, let's let's go with uh, let's go with Guy for this one. Okay, I'm cool with that. I I do like I do definitely respect uh, the uh, the Charles Bronson pick though for sure. Wonderful. Um, all right. What's our next country? Uh, Mexico, Jack. We got Mexico. Ooh, Mexico. Okay. Uh, let me see who I picked for Mexico. Oh, oh, God. You know who I picked? Um, I picked. Uh, let me let me actually just confirm that this person is of Mexican descent. Why don't you do yours first? Okay. Well, I have a. Co- let me ask you. Well, if you can answer this while you're doing that, Jack. Did you pick any actual baseball players? Um, I I tried to stay away from it, so okay. I I really did not. Okay. Um then I'm going to pick um I'm going to pick this guy. Again, I you know, I'm I apologize if this is offensive, but this movie came out in 1986. So it was a different world back then. Granted it is 2023 now and I should know better, but I'm not even sure if it's that offensive. But Jack, I picked El Guapo from uh The Three Amigos. El Guapo, huh? Yeah, have okay. you seen, are you are you familiar with Three Amigos, Jack? I've seen it. I've seen it once. The only thing I remember is when Chevy Chase tries to make himself a taco and he all all of the meat yeah. slips out of it. Yeah, yeah, it's a great physical gag there. El Guapo is the ma- the the bad guy in in uh, okay. Three Amigos. So uh-huh. he's the guy who like um you know takes them like he ransacks the sound the the he ransacks the town of uh, Santo Poco. Um, you know he kidnaps uh, uh, Steve Martin's love interest. Um, and they're the ones who have yeah, the showdown with uh, El Guapo at the end. So, um, you know, he uh, is a ruthless, like, evil guy, but he also kind of had a sense of humor. Um, you know, I think he says, these amigos, you know, they make me laugh or whatever. Like, yeah, they're doing their thing. And then he shoots one of them. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, he's got a lot of great lines in the movie. Uh, you know, he's uh, famously the jefe. Would you say I have a plethora of piñatas? And he's like, oh, yes, El Guapo, you have a plethora of piñatas. He's like, Hefe, do you know what a plethora is? So, you know, good good lines there. So, yeah, how could I not pick El Guapo? Uh, yeah, nice. Uh, very good. I, I think I've only seen that once, Jeremy. I'm not the biggest oh, uh, Martin Short Martin Short fan. Okay. Um, Ho- Jack, hold on. We're, you're, we, we have a lot of things. To, we're going to have to do like a movie episode because – I already have to grill you about the far about uh, the the Cohen brothers. Like we got some backlash <laughs> about that one. I listener Zach Greenwood did say that uh, Inside Lewin Davis is a great movie, so I need okay, to revisit okay. that for sure. All right, yeah. Well, maybe we can just do like Rain Delay Theater the movie episode. Like finally, we've yeah. we've teased at it for a long time, right? At the maybe movies. That can be number two. Maybe that can be number two hundred. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I picked. I guess speaking of movies, Robert Rodriguez. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, I, th- I think he, you know, he's technically American, but um, you know, I, I, I he's of uh, Mexican. His parents are Mexican. Um, yeah. I, I hate Robert Rodriguez, though. Like, <laughs> okay. that's the only reason I picked him was just because, so just so I could talk about how much his movies fucking suck. Um, uh, I, I, never... I actually can't believe that he's only fifty-four years old. Um, yeah. He started directing movies when I was a little kid, like in the mid '90s. 
Um, yeah. So he's been he's been doing it a long time, but I just I don't like. I, I think maybe the only movie of his that I kind of like, just for like the sheer comedic factor, is From Dusk Till Dawn. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely I think he was like you know he was a wonderkind. Like he he started early on for sure. Um, you know, with with Tarantino. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, so that's the only one. I mean. I think I saw Machete. I saw uh, Sin City. I never saw El Mariachi though, and I understand that that's you know that was his like kind of breakthrough movie. Uh, former guest Rich Chapansky, I think, was a big fan of El Mariachi. Have you seen that one? Okay, uh, I, I have. Um, okay, uh, you know um, uh, El Mar like so. I actually do kind of like Desperado. I think it's okay, and I will say with um, uh, so El, El Mariachi is the very low budget version of Desperado, right? Okay. If, if like I I, th- I think it is right is it, am did, I remembering that correctly? Did they re- I I don't know. Did they remake? Is that was it remade as? Desperado, yeah, I almost feel like El Mar- like Desperado was a uh, remake of. It was essentially a remake of El Mariachi with like it actually a, with a, a big budget. Um, okay. Uh, but um, that being said, I I did like uh, uh, what was it the uh, the Grindhouse and the the mm-hmm, Machete mm-hmm. trailer was was uh, funny there too. So I'll, I'll give him yeah. credit for that, but. In general, I probably Robert Robert Rodriguez is one of those people where I probably wouldn't see a movie because I knew he directed it. So, anyway, though, um, you know, he obviously there's some people who like his stuff, so uh, can't take that away from him. Yeah, I mean, I he's one of those guys. Like, actually, I was like, I just googled him just to look at his his filmography. Like, I actually forgot that he did Sin City, and I actually forgot that he did From Dust Till Dawn too. It's funny. It's like <clears throat> even though Tarantino is an actor in it. it it almost feels like From Dusk Till Dawn is a Tarantino movie, um, but uh, it it is yeah yeah because Tarant yeah uh, you know uh, I think did Tarantino yeah you said he wrote this he wrote the screenplay for that right that's right I believe he did right yeah yeah, yeah. He, he did so um, you know it in a way it is a Tarantino movie right yeah for sure and then I know he did uh, Planet Terror as well I think it in, in Grindhouse yep. right yep yeah, yeah that was so, in Grindhouse yeah yeah I mean so I don't know I mean. Uh, I don't, I I don't think of him too much as a as a director really. Like, but I still I feel like I probably should have seen El Mariachi just just from like the indie films of the '90s. Like, that's one that's like that's a staple of that. Uh, so I kind of missed that. Um, so I mean, listen, uh, I don't know. It sounds like you're you don't really want to go with uh, um, Robert Rodriguez. I would I, I almost feel like it's 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 wrong to pick El Guapo over Robert Rodriguez. Um, I respect the man as like a as a filmmaker that came out of like the indie film scene in the nineties. So, uh, you know, I, I would, I probably would vote for him, but, uh, All if right. you, well, he okay. gets the real per, he gets the real person factor too. You know, that's true. So yeah. Let's, uh, let's do it. Let's vote. Let's vote for him. Okay. Let's do it. Just, just in case the El Guapo character is not, you know, PC these days, let's be on the right, <laughs> let's be on the right side of history, I guess. Sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, Columbia is up next, Jack. Okay, uh, nice man. Uh, I chose John Leguizamo. Oh, is he Colombian? Nice. I think, I think he's of Colombian descent. Yes. Um, I freaking love John Leguizamo, man. Like uh, my buddy Chris, non-listener Chris, hates John Leguizamo. So it's one of those things where I'll always be like, "Oh man, it's got John Leguizamo," and he'll be like, "Ugh." Um, but I, uh, I think he's funny. I think he's talented. He's in the fan, so he's in a baseball movie. Mm-hmm. Um, hell yeah, dude. Uh, John Leguizamo. I, he's my pick. Um, all right, very nice, Jack. I um, I went with Shakira. Um, oh, hip, okay. Hips okay. don't lie. Um, That's right. 
Yeah, we don't have too many females. You know, I got we got Marquette Glova. Well, we we got a fair amount of females. It's just it's, we've been on a male run last couple countries, I think. But um, yeah, you know, I so I actually thought Shakira was Brazilian. I had to like I like was she was she Colombian or Brazilian? I looked it up. She is Colombian. Um, so not necessarily my cup of tea in in terms of music. Um, honestly, I think there's some people who like you know, are uh, taken with her, like her hip gyrations. I'm not even necessarily a big fan of that, quite honestly. But, uh, you know, I figured let's let's get her for uh, a representative. I got to say, though, I think we've talked about Leguizamo. I have my issues with Leguizamo from his like early comedy start, like like yeah. beginnings. Uh, I think this has come up on the podcast before. But uh, but I've definitely come around on him, and I I, I like him uh, as an actor. Um, in the last several movies that I've seen him in, I've I've really enjoyed him. Uh, so I would I would probably go Leguizamo. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, great. Let's uh, let's do that. I didn't know he was in the menu. Um, one of my he is, uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, one, my my boss hated that movie, but if Le- if Leguizamo's in, I might have to see it. All right, I'm I'm down for I'm down for choosing Leguizamo for that one. It's all part of the menu. That's when they say that. Um, right. Yeah, the menu was all right. I liked it. It was in my top. Uh, it was like my twelfth or thirteenth favorite movie of the year. Okay. 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 Very good. Uh-huh. All nice. right, we got a good one here, Jack. This one was tough for me, Jack. I have. Uh, we have Canada up next. Ooh. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, who'd you choose? Uh, there was a. There was. There was a lot to choose from, Jack. This was a really, really tough one. Um, I ended up going with, and this is cheating because it's a five for one deal. But Jack, I went with the kids in the hall. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. That's a that's a good one. It's it's hard not to go comedy when you, yes. when you do Canada. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Very good. Uh, okay, kids in the hall is is uh, uh, definitely good. Um. I went with another comedian, I suppose. Uh. Tom Green, if you could call him that. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. You, you remember you remember when Tom Green was famous for that little bit of time? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you strike me as a as someone who was probably a big MTV guy back when it was like good. Yeah, for sure. I Rich was a big Tom Green fan for sure. He would always okay. like he, he would record stuff and like we would you know we would watch clips and stuff. My favorite Tom Green. I so I I was never like I was a little I was kind of a Tom Green skeptic a little bit. I thought a yeah. little I thought some of it was a little like a little like kind of like jumping on the coattails of Jim Carrey, who's also a Canadian. Um, yeah. But there were some parts that were like undeniable. Uh, there was one thing that he did that I remember. He was walking with across the street with someone. There was like this person walking um across the street with her head down it was maybe like an old lady or something and he goes up to her he's ho- the old lady has like a soda cup in her hand and like he has like a, a paper plate with a sandwich on it and he's yeah. walking next to you know this one no no okay going. he's walking next to her and he's like you have a soda i have a cheese sandwich you have a soda I have a cheese sandwich and he keeps repeating it and like walking step by step with this person. They cross one street, then they go across another one and he does the same thing. He's like, you, you have a soda. I have a cheese sandwich. And then eventually the person takes the soda and like throws it in his face and like walks off. And like, it was like, he kind of was just instigating this person until they did something. And it was a good payoff. Like, cause he just kept repeating that over and over. So that, that one sticks out to me very, very distinctly. Did you, uh, did you ever see the movie Freddy Got Fingered? 
Yeah, I did. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't even know if I've ever seen the whole thing, but the famous line from that is when he sa- he says to Rip Torn, he goes, "Daddy, would you like some sausage?" <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that that's the famous. So that we got a baseball connection there because of sausage. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there you there you go. Um, I, I'm gonna have to Google that cheese sandwich clip, Jeremy, after we uh, after we sign off here. So yeah, I haven't seen that clip in probably like 20 plus years. So like, I'd, <laughs> I'd like to see it again as well. Um, but uh, but yeah. So Jack, this is a tough one. I don't know if we can't come to a consensus. We might have to do co things here because I have so much love for the kids in the hall that I don't know if I can vote against them. I just have to be okay. honest with you. You know, let's, uh, let's, we, we don't have any co things. So I think Canada is a good country to have that. Cause there's also a lot more people you could choose too. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because the, yeah, like let's, there's so many c- comedians that like there can't be just one, I think so. And we already have five right. kids in the hall. So let's throw Tom green in there. And while we're at it, can we throw in John candy as well? Cause he also was my co Let's just throw in all oh, the, all the sure. uh, let's just Canadian. Throw, let's just comedians. throw in throw in all of them. They they can all they can all walk around the warning track like it's the beginning of a White Sox game or something. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Okay, cool. I'm I'm happy with that. I, I like I like Tom Green. That's good. Nice. Um. All right. Who who do we have left? We have Great Britain left in Pool C. Okay. All right. Uh. Yeah. I uh, I put for Great Britain. Uh. Alfred Hitchcock. Ooh, that's very nice, Jack. I just watched. Yeah. I just showed a Alfred Hitchcock clip to my class uh, earlier. Nice. From what? Um, it was a clip of him talking about editing, and it's like it's like that mm. Kuleshov effect where it's like you show a man, and then you show like uh, someone eating soup, and then you cut back to the man. And it's like oh, he's hungry, and then you show him like 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 with a dead body, and then they cut back to the man, and you're like oh, he's a killer. Um, Alfred Hitchcock, like he's like imagine watching a clip of a man looking at a woman and a baby and then he cut back to him and he smiles he's a he's a good man but then take out that clip and replace it with a woman in a bikini and when he smiles he's not a good man anymore is he no he's a dirty old man <laughs> and uh nice. that's pretty funny but yeah so uh so alfred hitchcock that's a good one uh yeah uh absolutely um you know i, f- I figure if he if he was the producer and filming a baseball game He'd, he'd put himself in there like like Fergie Jenkins was in there during that one World Series. So, <laughs> yeah, um, the classic yeah, Hitchcock go. cameo. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. Now, uh, did, all right, yeah. Who'd you have not, for, for Great well, Britain? Hold on, oh, yeah, Jack. Did, did Hitchcock invent that, or was that M Night Shyamalan who who invented that? Come on. Oh, I mean, uh, well, it's, obviously it's Hitchcock, but uh, <laughs> you know, you know what, you know what, M Night Shyamalan just started making himself a big character in his movies. So, yeah, it, like, just, yeah, he didn't. What a, what a joke. Yeah, he didn't even like he he started like doing like the cameos and then he's like no 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 I need more I need more it's like get out of here fuck out of here M Night Shyamalan yeah That's did, did you say. see the did you see old no I didn't see old I oh, I God. listened to a podcast and let someone spoil it for me which I was fine with so it's just fu- it's terrible um yeah. but uh, anyway yeah good good dig on on M Night Shyamalan there so uh, yeah, uh, yeah I got uh, Alfred Hitchcock um who do you have. Um, Jack, I, um, I went with Gordon Ramsay, Chef Gordon Ramsay. Oh, okay. So another food related one. We got a lot of food related ones. You you are, you are a foodie. So Uh, yes. Yeah, for sure. I love Gordon Ramsay, Jack. I, um, kitchen nightmares. Uh, so there was like, there's the American kitchen nightmares that was on Fox, which was pretty good in in its own right. The British kitchen nightmares before he came over to the U S is, is amazing. It's like really like emotional, like, um, just like kind of gut wrenching, like really like just gritty, like, like documentary and like 
they most of the a lot of the the movies a lot of the episodes don't even have happy endings it's like you know he's like i was able to to get them going for this season but you know the winter is coming and it's going to be a tough road ahead for jack's cafe you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. and then it ends and it's like you know he leaves you on a down note like saying like they're probably they're probably going to go out of business anyway but i sure. helped him for a little bit so it's really like it's really like legit filmmaking. Like it's it's not like all happy ending and like um, you know fun like uplifting music and stuff. So it's really good stuff, and I really do like Gordon Ramsay. Um, uh, but uh, you know Hitchcock is also you know sure. I mean, I, hey, outside of being aware of who he is, I've I've never watched any of those shows of his. So you know, I don't I don't really feel uh, I don't really feel at liberty to judge here because I you know I'm not familiar with him. So who who would you take for this one? Um. So I I'm okay taking Hitchcock. Um, we okay. do have we do have uh, well we only have one um, director. Uh, oh. So I think I think we only have one director. I had a couple like runners up for 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 picks, but I didn't. I only ended up picking the one director. So I'm cool with uh, Hitchcock. Although I will say I highly recommend the the British um, Kitchen Nightmares. It's really good stuff. Yeah, excellent. Um, hey, this and this this podcast, folks. You, it's the only time that Robert Rodriguez and Alfred Hitchcock are ever going to be mentioned in the same sentence. So, um, <laughs> you know, I guess on I a, guess Robert Rodriguez can hang his hat on that. On a bit, <laughs> that's that's fair, especially on a baseball podcast. But right, um, right. But yes. Uh, um, so okay, so we're into Group D now, and we can we can kind of uh, rally here. Yep. Um, to get to get it going. Um, so Group D, first uh, uh, country we have here, Jack, is Puerto Rico. Uh, wonderful, uh, dude. I had Luis Guzman for this one. Jack, I had Luis Guzman also. Who do, who doesn't love Luis Guzman? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we know that um, uh, community TV show uh, uh, creator. Dan, uh, what what the hell's his name? Dan. Dan Harmon. Dan Harmon likes him because. Uh, the the bit in community was like he was the mascot of the school and there was a <laughs> Luis Guzman uh, statue on campus. Yes, there so. is. Um, did you ever see the movie The Limey? No, I didn't. Uh, good movie, but he plays a supporting role in it. Uh, you know, Terrence Stamp, his daughter was like, you know, disappeared and Luis Guzman knew her. And so Terrence Stamp is like, how did you know her? And Luis Guzman goes, she was in my acting class. Uh, and it's just like a funny... Uh, <laughs> A funny line. Yeah, Luis Guzman's awesome. All right, nice. Um, yeah. N- enough said. Yeah, I love him. Cool. Um, uh, all right, what uh, what country we got next? Got Venezuela next, Jack. Ooh, this was a tough one, man. I almost picked Carlos the Jackal, but then I looked more into him, and I was like, no, I shouldn't I shouldn't pick him. Although we already did have one bad person. Um, sure. I, uh, I, I picked uh, uh, a guy named Oscar De Leon. I think he's big in the salsa dancing world. Um, oh, interesting. Do you do you know anything about him? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't okay, know. Okay, well, don't know. Him. That's uh, uh, yeah. I mean, hey, he's probably he's probably rich. So, uh, but yeah, sure. he, he is from Venezuela. I was gonna pick a baseball player, Jeremy, but like I said, uh, you know what? Yeah, uh, uh, I was gonna say I should pick Bien Mesabe for this one, but um, oh. you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it ended up being Oscar De Leon. So I don't I don't know too much about him other than he's big in the in the salsa community, which which apparently is pretty big in Chicago. They have it in uh, at the Cubby Bear on okay. like I think I, I walked past there and they were advertising it for like Monday nights. So you know maybe we can uh, maybe we can check out that scene after after a game. Um, <laughs> sure. Bring our autographed scorecards uh, in, into the into the place. You know. Yeah, I think that would go over great. Um, <laughs> it would be great for the podcast, I suppose. Um, sure. Cool. Well, Jay. So this is one where like I couldn't get away from a, a, a baseball player. I, 
I mean, I could I could put a twist on it a little bit. I'll put a little twist on it. Um, but um, uh, although I don't even know, I don't even know if I can do that. No, Jack, this was a tough one. I I had to go baseball player just because I couldn't think of anybody else. Um, yeah. So I went with. Um, Honestly, I don't even know who to pick between these two because they're so iconic. Um, I'm going to go Carlos Zambrano. Okay. Because okay. I just, uh, yeah, I just feel like um, he's like uh, just uh, when I think of Venezuela, I think of baseball, and when I think of baseball, Venezuelan baseball players, I think of Carlos Zambrano. So I just had to go with him. Um, you know, he, uh, I think. He showed up to camp. I think we talked about this on the uh, pod. He showed up to camp once with, like, tendinitis in his wrists. Like, he had carpal tunnel because he would go to, like, these cafes in Venezuela and just be on the internet all day. So (laughs) maybe, like, I could say, like, the, uh, like, you know, the hundreds of people. I picture this, like, crazy, like, like room like jammed to the gills with rows of computers and just people like piled in there and it's like dark and it's smoky and there's like a fan you know going at the top and like the the camera angles like at an angle like a dutch angle and it's like all these people like on the internet and um so maybe i could say like you know uh, venezuelan internet cafe attendance but big z is one of those people so that that's just the image i get there no, that package. that's great, and it's even better because he he would have had enough money to be able to just buy the whole place and every computer in it. But he's he's definitely like crammed in here with all these people just because he he's like a meathead and he doesn't know any better. Yeah, here okay here look I just Google this really quick. Bizarre baseball injuries. Pitcher Carlos Zambrano was diagnosed with carpal tunnel syndrome after spending as many as five hours daily on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is a real thing. I'm glad I remember this. I don't know if this took place in Venezuela, but. Uh... Yeah, this is a real thing. So there you go. That's 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 amazing, Jeremy. Um, we, we've talked about him many a time on the podcast. So I think uh, I think he wins this round. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Very good. I'm glad I remember that. By the way. So. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Next up is Dominican Republic, Jack. Ah. Uh, yeah. Very good, uh, Jeremy. I picked uh, Al Horford for this one. I saw that. I saw that he was. Uh, yeah, uh, I had no idea he was from the Dominican Republic, but uh, but he is. Um, and I actually had no idea he was still playing either um, for the Celtics. He's been playing in the NBA since 2007, which is a long career for a basketball player. Um, I think he was on those back-to-back Florida championship teams too. But you know, when you think of the Dominican Republic, you definitely don't think of basketball players. Um, at least I don't. So uh, that that was where I uh, I went, you know. In, in terms of the sports he could have played, he, uh, uh, you know, I know his dad was in the NBA, but I guess that that is, maybe his dad went against the grain, and then he did too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, I yeah, long time guy for sure. What um, did you say? What year he started, Jack? Two thousand seven in the NBA. Um, yeah. So yeah, I remember him being in college when I was in college. Uh, he played yeah. with the Florida Florida Gators. So yeah. Yeah, very nice. Um, okay, Jack. So, um, I yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach a little bit on this one too because um, just to stay away from baseball players, obviously like Sammy Sosa, very um, uh, you know famous Dominican baseball player. But I'm gonna go. I I'm pretty sure this guy came up. I know we talked about this before. I I think it came up on the podcast. But I'm going with the Tracy Morgan Saturday Night Live character, Dominican Lou. Nice. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, we yeah we talked about that maybe um uh, maybe like two months ago, but you know yeah. I I was not, I I did not remember that character, but uh you know I I thought it was funny. Um, I think I commented to you, Jeremy, that that was probably a character he did in his SNL audition. That they were like, let's 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 put that on the air. Um, yeah, yeah, it was funny. Yeah, he's basically like he he came on Weekend Update and he would be like, you know, what's happening new? Like, what's the news, Dominican Lou? And he's like, he tells a story about like playing you know, some guy like uh, Hector, like next door in dominoes. And he's like, you know, I beat him. I beat him. And like, that's like, they're like, what, like, are there, is there any bigger news? And he's like, no, no, I'm going to beat him again or whatever. And like, and it's just a classic Tracy Morgan character. And uh, <laughs> it, it did feel kind of authentic too. It might be, again, maybe some people would maybe take offense to it, but I don't know. It just, it, it seems so specific that it's like, it must've been based on someone that he had like actually observed. Yeah, for sure. There's another funny one where he's talking about like movies and they're asking him about like all the Oscar movies, but he hasn't seen any of them. And (laughs) then he says he only watches TV and then it turns out he only watches reruns. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but he says like it's a good movie, but he hasn't seen it. He's like, oh, I bet it's very good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. So there you go. Dominican Lou. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, let's go with uh, let's go with Dominican Lou for that one. I like that. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, underdog pick. Did we pick a Venezuelan representative? Uh, uh yeah. What? Well, yeah, we picked your uh, your person. We um, went with Big Z, right? Okay, we did. We did. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right, Jack. Next up is Israel. Nice. I picked Gene Simmons. I like that, Jack. I like that pick. Um. I had a I had a tough time here picking one. Uh, yeah, Gene Simmons. Like, I mean, did, was he born in Was he born in Israel or is like? No, I, I think he's from. Uh, uh, I think he's from New York or something. Wait, no, he was born in Israel. Yeah, he was. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, there, yeah, there you go then. Um, yeah, his real name is. Uh, I've never quite known how to pronounce this, but is it uh, Chaim? Uh, is it Chaim? Is that how you say that name? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Chaim. Okay, yeah, Chaim Witz uh, looks like his real name. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, definitely uh, uh, one of the legends of music. Yes, for sure, and uh, legends of uh, like self promotion too. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. See, see the Kiss casket. Um, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, this was a tough one, Jack. I I had a tough time. I had one that jumped out to me, and then I thought of another one, but I'm I'm almost like I don't even know if I can pick it because um i i've never actually seen the movie so i'm gonna go with uh who do i want to go with here if you've seen this movie maybe you can comment on it but jack have you ever seen don't mess with the zohan uh yes one time okay that sounds like maybe not enough to go to to expound on it because i don't really have much to expound on it is that the adam sandler movie yes yeah, yeah 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 i've seen it yeah so he plays like a hairdresser slash like Israeli like, uh, like soldier basically like an ex-Israeli soldier I think right. Sure. Yeah, and then uh, he eats like a bunch of hummus too, right? Is that the? Is that the... <laughs> yeah, I mean it, we're talking about an Adam Sandler movie here, so yeah. Yeah, he's gonna eat something. At least I mean it's on it's on you know it's on theme I guess. So I had I had the Zohan Jack. I also like thought about picking Modest Yahoo, the uh, the like Hasidic. Jewish rapper um, who I think has kind of abandoned that look, but he had like a song called uh, one day. Um, okay. It's kind of like this, like reggae, like rap song. 
uh, but he had like Hasidic Jewish like garb basically. So, I mean, it's a really a toss up between the two of them. Um, due to time and my lack of knowledge with either one of these, I'm totally happy to just say whoever as my nominee and just go with Gene Simmons. All right, I, I like Gene Simmons, Jeremy. We'll go with that. I just want to make one more comment about you don't mess with the Zohan. The only the yeah. only two things I remember about that movie. First, like there there was a scene where they're in a cab with Rob Schneider driving the cab, and Rob Schneider is you know Adam Sandler is um uh, Adam Sandler is Jewish, uh, if, you know if yeah. I'm not mistaken. But Rob Schneider is playing a character who like whose race he definitely not is or is not. Um, but it, and like he's a cab driver and he's just speaking on the phone and it's you know he's being loud and obnoxious and it's it's definitely very uh, I don't know it's memorable. Um, Rob Schneider's not a good a good person, um, but uh, <laughs> really. you know. Um, but the the funny thing in Zohan is like he loves hummus and so like at one point he just gets a bunch of he gets a bunch of hummus and he starts eating it and he's like oh hummus. Um, <laughs> It's just a, a bunch of cheap, stupid fucking jokes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it is one of those good. things where, like, you explaining that, like, you just saying that sentence does make me laugh, but the yeah. reality of it probably can't, it probably is not as funny as that. No, or, or over the course of a, an hour and 40 minutes or whatever that movie is. Um, all right, great. Yeah, sure. uh, Gene Simmons is our, our pick. Okay. Very nice. And, Jack, I, again, I don't have a great one for this one either, but Nicaragua is the last country here. Last country is Nicaragua. Nice. Yeah, I had, uh, I guess, to keep it on a music um, theme, I, I had Bianca Jagger. Uh, okay. Tell me about that person. I don't know. Sure. It's just she was married to Mick Jagger. I mean, she was, uh, you know, I think a socialite. Uh, you know, she, she's she's Nicaraguan. But, uh, okay. yeah, she was married to Mick Jagger for seven years in the 1970s. Um, you know, and uh, that that's, that's about it. But... Uh, you know, I think, hey, it's interesting. We have two um, musicians' wives in here. <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, okay. Okay. Bianca Jagger. Um, who was, he was famously with Jerry Hall, too. That must have been that must have been after Bianca Jagger then, I guess? Sure. Yeah. The, Bianca Jagger and, and him were married from 1971 to 78 when they divorced. Let me just look up Jerry Hall really quick. Um, they were married... Uh, Let's see. Or oh wait, no, wait a second. I don't know. I'm confused now. Uh, Hall was a long-term partner of Mick Jagger. Okay, so they were never, they were never married, but they had th- they had four kids together. Um, what years? It's this sucks. Be oh, okay, they were together from '77 to '99. Okay, so she was after uh, Bianca Jagger. Okay, I gotcha. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know too much about her, but. Um, um, yeah, I mean those were, I don't know, those were kind of weird years for the for the Stones. I feel like sure it was after the '60s, but I think I'm sure they probably had some of like some of their big hits probably came out in the early '70s. I guess so. Um, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting, Jack. I uh, I went with the uh, the Sandinistas for uh, for Nicaragua. Do you know anything about the Sandinistas, Jack? I I don't. So the Sandinistas are a a socialist uh, party. Uh, group in uh, like a, the political party of, of Nicaragua, they like overthrew like um, uh, one of the dictators um, in uh, in Nicaragua, and um, it's it's a whole like kind of uh, like uh, story, um, like a whole like 
sordid story with like the U.S. was involved, like with the Sandinistas. Um, I had a student who um, whose dad was a Sandinista, um, which is kind of interesting. Um, a couple things though. This is inside baseball for us, Jack. But um, Jack and I did a play years ago called Kitty Massacre, which like yep. talked about uh, the movie Milo and Otis. Um, the, the real life Disney or it wasn't a Disney movie, but the real life children's movie, Milo and Otis, um, that was filmed in Australia by like a Japanese film crew. And like a lot of cats and dogs died in the making of the movie. That's what the, the play that we, that I wrote, like was based on the filming of that movie and how like a bunch of animals died. Um, one of the little bits that I wrote into it was that like the people, of like Australia, like where there was like an uprising between like the film crew and like the people of Australia, um, that I completely made up, but it was based on the, the uprisal of the Sandinistas, um, in like Nicaragua and like El Salvador. So not oh, to wow. get, yeah, not to get too like inside, like uh, politics and whatnot, but like the Sandinistas seemed like a good cause. Like they, they were like, um, they were like a small, they were like a, a grassroots group that started up to like overthrow like the dictatorship and actually like were able to like um, uh, organize and do it. Uh, and it was like an upheaval like for like the, the people of the, the country for the good of the people. So it was like a kind of a cool movement. Um, another connection is that they might be giants. Uh, their first show that they ever played like in New York was for like at a concert that was like a rally for the Sandinistas. So that's how I learned about it. And I kind of, you know, I, I'm not a huge history buff, but this particular group of people I found, like I took interest in and like kind of learned a lot about it. And I, I was a little more up to date on my knowledge of it around the time we wrote that, that show. But, uh, but yeah, like, so that, that throughout there, they're a Nicaraguan group. So I, I, I threw them out there for Nicaragua. I uh, I like it, Jeremy. Um, and you know, I, I think that be, because of the Kitty Massacre reference, um, we should go with that one for Nicaragua. You know, just strictly for that. If I mean, it's, else. it's a tough it's a tough country to pick for. So I think I think it, I'm fine with is. that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's yeah, that's a deep cut. So uh, I'm good with that. Uh, all right, did we get through every country? We did. We did. Yeah. Whew. Okay, I don't think we all. were anticipating. I don't think we were anticipating it being this long. So no, it's nice to know that we can we can riff on non baseball related things as well as right. uh, as uh, baseball related things. I you know it would be impossible to 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 pick like one uh, like to 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 kind of like sift through all these Jack. But I almost want to say like if we had to pick one one to rule them all, Jack, I'm kind of uh, I kind of feel I'm kind of feeling Luis Guzman a little bit. Uh, yeah, why, why not, man? I mean, uh, I, that was one of the two that we had in common, I think. Yeah, but, unanimous. Um, yeah, it was, it was totally unanimous, but I, I also think that, like, there were, a, I feel like that country had a few different options, and, um, you know, we ended up, we ended up going with Luis Guzman, so, and it, it was instantaneous, too, man, like, you knew right yeah. away when I said it, so. Plus, uh, the actual team Puerto Rico, I think, is probably one of the, like, odds-on favorites in the WBC itself, so, uh-huh. um, you know, why not, uh, you know, align that with, with our tournament as well, so, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I love it. Okay, so Luis Guzman um, is the winner of this year's World, Base- <laughs> World Baseball Classic uh, tournament. Um, He's the face of the tournament. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, uh, that that's probably going to wrap up our episode for this week, is it not? Yeah, I think so. I think that that pretty much ties it all together. You know, um, 
like we said, the WBC is going on right now. Um, I wonder if I could pull up a score really quick. Uh, but uh, Cuba is winning one to nothing after two innings. So, uh, oh, okay. you know, uh, the Cuban sandwich is happy about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, um, and Eddie Van Halen is chasing one run going into the top of the third. So, <laughs> um, but yes, good. yeah, spring training rolls on. We're getting closer to baseball. It's very exciting. Um, three weeks. Uh, one, two, three weeks from uh, this Thursday is opening day in Chicago, Cubs That's Brewers. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe uh, we'll we'll be out to one of those uh, games in that series. I think we will, uh, hopefully. But, uh, you know, before then, we'll probably have at least one more episode for you, if not two. Um, but let's uh, sign off for today before we hit the two-hour mark. Uh, so I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And for Rain Delay Theater, we'll see you later.